Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. You guys all know that I love Disney and I do an annual trip every October with friends from Boston, Philly, and New York. And it's always a trip to me because we all are a part of the hardcore scene. But when we're together on our vacation, that's like one of the least talk about things. It's more just us catching up on each other's lives and enjoying all the random new things going on at Disney. But I have to credit that trip and those friends uh, to what led me to this podcast today on one of our annual trips. I had a chance to meet Greg in person and he was a great dude in person. We hung out a couple different times that week and I was really stoked to have met him and find out that he's into Disney, super into hardcore, great dude. And I was just really happy to have been able to talk to him for as long as we did on this podcast. It was one of the longer ones. I think it might be the longest podcast that I've recorded in the history of the Jamer K podcast, which is awesome. I'm down for super long podcasts. I'm just always conscious of people's time. So I, I never want to take too much of it but if you're willing to give it and you i'm willing to sit here and talk as long as you want it, it, it was awesome I, I really enjoyed talking to greg we dived into the history of the mongoloids which was awesome love that band super awesome band and hopefully we'll be able to see them again one day we also were able to talk about his newer band world demise super sick they just put out a demo and if you haven't had a chance yet, please go check out their full length. It's self-titled. It's super awesome. Great music. And I'm looking forward to hearing what new stuff they put out in the future. So I, I'm really, really excited to share this podcast with you guys today. So please, without further ado, welcome Greg to the podcast. and we're live welcome to the podcast greg hey how's it going it's going all right um i i want to tell you this story about um like one of the coolest nights of my life i was at uh this venue in orange county called uh the observatory and in the main room it was uh, off the top of my head it was like bayside uh, i think man overboard and census fail and then in the small room uh was uh halsey she was um on like her first like full u.s tour and I had tickets to both shows because I was a like huge fan of Halsey and I liked every band on the bill in the main room. And I remember I went and bought Fun fact, Halsey is from the same town that I'm from. Oh wow. In Clark, New Jersey. That's that's where I grew up and my grandparents still live. That's crazy. Okay. But I, I remember I, I was buying merch from uh Census Fail and I uh, saw you um but it, it took me a second to realize that it was you um because i i recognize you're wearing a 25 to life hoodie and then i was like holy shit that's uh respect yeah respect and uh, and at the time i was like that's that's greg from the mongoloids and i, I remember i i went up and i kind of like leaned in i was like yo like I, I love the mongoloids and then you just like extended your hand to give me a handshake and i was like dude i'm like that's awesome because i i wasn't sure how you were going to take that because uh you know we were at a, a different show but but it was cool that you were um you know down to show respect when i was like giving you props for your old band 
Yeah, I mean, I pretty much only got disrespect from the old band, so it was cool when the few people gave me any respect. So I appreciate you still for for enjoying anything the Mongols did. For sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's crazy that you say that you only got uh, disrespect for that band because um, me being a, a fan and not being like too in touch with like the actual like uh, members of hardcore. Because I feel like at the time for me, I was just like a young, like younger kid and I wasn't like too into. How old are you now? I'm uh, 31. Oh, OK, I'm 33. Okay, so so we're not too far off in age, but um, but I feel like at the time, like when I was like seeing you guys, like you know, like the like like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and like time, like I I wasn't really active like in the scene besides going to shows and just like listening to music. I wasn't really like talking to people like personally on like social media or like the message boards. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's crazy to hear you happier. say that. Were you happier? Uh, was I happier? Um. I, I honestly looking back I, I feel like I probably wish I would have because now that I'm kind of like in it a little more and I I'm, I'm getting to know uh, like a lot of people like in these bands that I'm a fan of uh, and I'm running into like a lot of cool people um, and you know some uh, bad but uh, majority good and I, I wish I would have done this like a lot sooner because I feel like these relationships would have like you know been like uh, way deeper than they are now but I, I, I don't know if I'm happier that, that's a uh, I don't know I can't really gauge that I think I think I'm the opposite. I feel like I was happier when I didn't know anyone. And I would just go to the show completely just like, you know, I'd kind of linger on to older guys that would bring me to shows out of state or, or how, however I'd get there. My grandmother would drop me off. My mom would drop me off. But, uh, yeah, I feel like no, the more people you know, the more, like, I don't know, diluted it gets. You have to, like, have to separate enjoying a band for a band and, yeah. I don't know, not enjoying a person for a person. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that because like I, I'm definitely not the guy who's like trying to be everybody's friend. Um, but I definitely appreciate the people that I meet that are um, actual like good people behind the scenes and actually put out good music because there are times when like I'm like, damn it, like now like I can't listen to like this band the same because I know how like that person is in real life and it's just uh, it kind of ruins it. And like I can't really separate like the art from the artist most of the time. Yeah, no, it's fair. That's like a, a very accurate way to explain it. Yeah. Um, are Are you okay to talk about the mongoloid, or do you want, kind of just want to move past that? Yeah, we can talk about whatever. Okay. Um, I obviously uh, I and I don't remember too much, but like one of my favorite moments was I I watched the Hate Five Six video of you guys playing this is hardcore in 2009 and you came out and just kind of uh, gave like a quick little speech and you guys went right into your set. And I, I just thought that was the, the coolest thing ever at the time. What, well, uh, 2009, is it, uh, I'm trying to remember is what, what was the speech? Uh, there was all those, uh, uh, accusations of, uh, you, uh, uh, going to PF Chang's with, with the band fund and all that. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course. That was like a, yeah, that's so that was like, you know, that, those were, so the way bands operate, right? I guess this is like a, I did not make every right decision in the band, right? Okay. Like, I don't think that I'm like, I don't think I'm always right in everything I do. So did I make stupid decisions or did I like prioritize things in weird ways? A hundred percent. Because for me, I was touring. I mean, I toured with Sensusville since 2002. The first U.S. tour they did, I did. I was selling merch for them. At, I was 16. So it's like, 
to be in 2005 and finally doing my own band. And then 2008, 2009 comes around and, you know, we had a, a million disagreements as a band and there's all these issues. But when it came like push to shove and we were going to break up, I kind of said the whole time, I don't want to break up. I don't want to break up. And there was a lot of like back and forth between us all. And we had a lot of just disagreements and it was, it was a bit of a mess. But, you know, I was clear the entire time what I wanted and how I wanted to go. If, if we were going to break up, let's just not play shows. If we're not going to break up, then let's play shows. One or the other. I don't feel like doing this weird rodeo where, like, we what it was turning into. And then I kind of just snapped. And we were leaving for a tour. I think it was, like, 10 for 10. You know, you remember that tour? Yeah, it was, like, T.Y. putting the well. $10. Yeah. Yeah, and literally I just was like, all right, I'm just going to go do the tour on my own and got a bunch of friends to play and and uh, kind of burned everybody, which, you know, looking back sucked because I was friends with those dudes and I I really fucked up relationships that, like, especially some of them. I mean, like, Alan, at the time, he was the original drummer. I mean, that was like a good, good friend of mine. He's a younger guy, but, you know, and I've, I really fucked up that relationship and it just sucked, but I was so caught up in like needing to do the band. Oh, I got to do this band. Like, it's all I got. It's all I got. And I'm sure you hear this all the time, you know, what was like, that's like a very, I'm trying to remember trash talk used to say some shit when they played like, you know, this is my life or some crazy shit, you know, but that's how I felt. You know, I was, I was, we started the band when I was 19. So I was like in my early twenties, I was doing this band. We were doing pretty good then everybody wanted to break up and I was just, I snapped, you know, people were showing tattoos of the band and all these things that I never thought someone would get a tattoo of the Mongoloids. The band was called the Mongoloids mm-hmm. and people were showing me tattoos and all these important things of, of what the band did. And those guys wanted to dip. And I was like, well, fuck you guys. then. I'm just going to do it. I don't need this shit. I was getting fillings the entire time. Anyway, none of these guys wanted to go on tour. Um, you know, and more recently, actually, I've tried to start mending those bridges because I don't want to feel like, I don't know, they're my friends. Like, you know, I was a jackass and I wanted to like, not that I, not that everything that was said that happened, happened, or I was buying a steakhouse or any of this crazy shit that went down. But did I make mistakes? A hundred percent. Did other people make mistakes? A hundred percent. Did I take something that wasn't necessarily mine being the band? A hundred percent. I should have, uh, I just, I was lost in it, man. I don't know. It was like a very special time in my life. And when everybody wanted to kind of dip or there was kind of these like disagreements regarding the band, like who wanted to do it, who wanted to do it. A lot of guilt trips going on. Oh, why the fuck would you do that? You know, I don't know. It's hard to explain if you weren't like there or if you don't like know the feeling. I don't know. But yeah, I, I remember yeah, the the like last iteration that I saw of you guys. Like you had some members. It was like a, a one of the dudes from Mother of Mercy. I, I forget his name. Uh, oh, Joe. Yeah, Joe. It was a Joseph Kane. And yeah, yeah, and, and then you had. Um, I, I think I, I remember this correctly. You had some dudes from Florida fill in as well. I mean, to be honest with you, we had so many people fill in for the band. Mm-hmm. Like over the years, I, I couldn't even tell you what it, what version of that was. We probably 
had hundreds, hundreds even with the original lineup. I mean, the original lineup, like I said, 10 for 10. So that was summer 2009. So even before that, like in the duration of the original lineup, we, we had, I don't know, probably a hundred fill-ins off and on that, that came and went that would play maybe, I don't know, maybe 50 or 40, but yeah, we mm-hmm. had a lot of fill-ins. Like we were, you know, we were trying to just do it. And that, I think that's what made it so much harder for me to disconnect because it wasn't like we only played with our, with the lineup. Yeah. Well, and so, sorry. It wasn't. So 2008, the original guitar player left in the summer. His name was Frank, Frank Taddock. He, he quit and he joined another band called Telenor which is from New Jersey. Cool band. Check them out if you haven't. Um, so Frank quit. And then like a couple of days later, broke edge, but still got nothing but love for him. He wrote a lot of the original stuff like time trials and the first seven inch Frank wrote majority of that. Um, he was like 15 when he was writing it too. So, but, uh, so he quit and then Dave Gagliardi came and took his place and he came to Europe with us summer, 2008, which was Trash Talk Mongoloids. And then Dave actually went and joined Trash Talk. He's currently in Trash Talk. That's wild. But, um, and at, at any point, yeah, so, um, uh, I, I, I know um, like the band meant a lot to you, but at any point, did you ever uh, just think maybe you should start something new to kind of just like put a pause on all like the, the drama? Oh, for sure. Definitely not. Because the drama, when the drama's coming, I'm like, I'm a really stubborn person. So as all that shit's getting crazy, I'm like, all right, well, fuck this. I'm going to show them. Mm-hmm. No one's going to tell me. Like, I, you know, I'm, especially with the band, you know, I was like, I did so much for it. Like, I, I truly did. I put my entire heart into it. And, and it definitely blurred my vision for sure. But I, uh, yeah, I never thought of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and at the time. <laughs> just, just as simple as that. Uh, you guys were signed to Eulogy um, Records, and uh, did the label ever like get involved? Did they ever like try to talk to you uh, about the situation? No, they didn't care. They didn't care. Okay, Eulogy Records. Um, yeah, they didn't, they didn't get like in the personal stuff, not at all. Okay. They're, well, I'm, like, uh, uh, well, yeah, I'm. I I didn't mean as much as like uh, dipping into like the personal stuff. I meant just like as like the band in general, just because they just kind of like saw you as like you know like I guess like the only original one left, and you kind of taking charge. They never like try to talk to you about like what you were doing. No, no, not at all. I mean, that's uh, yeah, not at all. They, I mean, I was the person they communicated with to begin with, mm-hmm. so it was, it was. I don't know. I don't think. Okay. There. We, I mean, as a band, we had a million issues. Yeah. Like just being completely upfront, like internal issues that all of our friends knew about that, you know, fuck this or this, this person did this. So it was like, even when it happened, a lot of our mutual friends that we were all probably still friends with were kind of like, yeah, they're all whack jobs. They're all crazy. So, you know, whatever's happening, happening. I mean, even the amount of close friends I had that were mutual friends with everybody wasn't like they were coming to try and mediate the situation. They were like, yeah, man, you do what you got to do over there, but that's it. Like it wasn't a, there, there wasn't a lot of outside mediation because everyone kind of knew what a mess it was. And at this point, um, makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but I'm um, at, at this point. Um, is there any chance to, um, rebuild those bridges, uh, mend those friendships? I mean, I talked to, I've talked to everybody. Uh, I've talked to everyone, but one, we, uh, we got offered some shows for the original lineup and it hasn't 
come together. But I said the only way I would ever play with the band again is if it was the original one. Okay. So that was, uh, so that's kind of where it's been. We definitely have gotten offered a, a couple and like I said, it, just, it didn't come together, but I, yeah, I got nothing but love for those guys. They, uh, I could see why, you know, they would have been very pissed off. And like I said, for me, I think the big disconnect is we're playing with so many fill-ins all the time that when they were randomly like, all right, it needs to end right now. It's kind of like, what the fuck? I go on every tour. I do all this shit. And now I'm being told what I have to do. And that really just didn't sit right with me. And instead of communicating it or I guess, you know, facing the disagreement head on, I was just like, all right, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up for this tour. I'm going to go on tour myself and I'm just going to keep, keep it moving. And obviously a ton of drama came from that. And Oh my God, the bridge nine board is going crazy. Yeah. That's how I got one. They were going to kill me when they saw me. I was like, that's yeah. And that's like the, when back then, I am, you know, you say you're going to, you say you're going to get me when you see me. Like for me, h- hardcore, I feel like currently feels very friendship based, right? Yeah. Oh, for yeah, sure. go to my show and see all my boys. We're going to fucking be so happy. For me, it was never that. I mean, it was cool when I had friends in hardcore, but I went there in the beginning by myself. I went to shows, I saw bands, I connected with lyrics, I read inserts of records and that was like special to me so it wasn't as much about like hearing like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking be dressed when i see you blah 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 there's a lot of that going on on bridge nine board for sure mm-hmm. and i was like oh so i'll be you'll know where i am here's the tour schedule i'm gonna show up to the city if you want to beat my ass do what you got to do because like for me, I wasn't going to let somebody make me feel alienated from hardcore. The one thing that made me feel like settled, I felt okay. And even if I didn't have any friends or I felt like I had no friends, I was like, yeah, I'm not here to have friends. I'm here to watch in bands and then go home. So if this is like, or play a show and go home. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is, people are going to like threaten me or make me feel alienated to be a part of what I truly love. I truly love hardcore. Even to this very moment, Maybe I can't go to every show because I have to work and I have a family to support, but I'll, I'll pre-order every damn record, hit up any current record label and ask them who's pre-ordering. I bet my name is on the top of every damn list because if I like a band, I support a band and maybe I can't go see them play every time, but I'll sure than hell pre-order that record. I'll hit up the label and try and buy the test print. You know, I, I think I'm a very supportive 33 year old member of the hardcore community. That's really refreshing to hear. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody, uh, you know, talk about how much they actually love it. And, uh, you know, like with that, um, but no, that, that that's awesome that, um, I, I get that, uh, you can't make it to every show, but the fact that you're still willing to, you know, show support, purchase the record and, um, you know, contribute that way. It, it, it's awesome. Cause I, I know so many people who, uh, get jaded, uh, and just give up and get over it, you know, but like people like you, or uh, they only exist to get into shows for free Ugh. get their friends t-shirt for free gross um do something stupid like mm-hmm. kick someone in the face when their band is playing that they're friends with to like show they're the alpha it's just corny ass shit it's like you know if you're if you're if you're in a moment and you and you love a band and you're doing something completely idiotic and dangerous mm-hmm. i'm all for it because you're in that moment and whatever the fuck happens in that moment no one should be there to judge because everyone's in that room or I mean, I'm in that room because of of being a twisted individual. 
not because I'm, I'm necessarily looking for a, a safe space. I, I want, I want hardcore to be acceptance and everyone to be welcome there and everyone to feel happy there. But at the same, same like dime, if somebody throws a hammer and I get hit in the head with it, that's just what it is. Like that was my, that was my fault for being there. I should have been standing somewhere else. Yeah, I I definitely get that. I, I I still get hit when I'm standing near the pit. Like I and I I I've always accepted that because I I know what I'm getting myself into. I I, I can't expect to go stand near these people who are swinging their limbs as hard as they can and uh, not to you know get hit at some point. So I I definitely understand where you're coming at with that point. Well, even if you're standing in the back, wherever you stand, I mean, if you're yeah. standing anywhere in the general vicinity of of violence being being like you know, happening, mm-hmm. like it just kind of, you know, shit finds a way of happening. Right. Like, yeah, if there's a fight going on and you're standing in the same room as the fight, the fight's probably going to spill out and things, it's probably going to move places. It's not going to stay in a, in a circle in the middle of the floor. So that's more what I'm saying. It's like, I could be standing in the back of the room and I might end up still getting my head stepped on or something to do or someone throwing a mic stand or whatever it would be. But yeah. that's, that's my bad for being there. I'm accepting where my location mm-hmm you know, is in the club with the crazy band playing on the stage. And I think that's like, there's definitely a disconnect with that. Like people want it to be like a quote unquote safe space where, you know, no violence or any of that stuff. And I get it, but I don't know. I guess I never saw it that way. Yeah. I'm I'm also from New Jersey. I went to a lot of shows in Philly and traveled up to Boston at times. And, uh you know, those places in the early 2000s, that, like things I saw in those places are crazy. So, yeah, I I never understand when people uh, are in like I I call it the the landing zone of where people stage dive. Like I I trip out when those people get mad, and when people are stage diving and, and they get jumped on, and I'm just like, you know where you're standing. That's weird. I like I don't understand why you're getting upset at the people stage diving. When people are confusing. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen the same people stage diving get mad when they get stage dive on. It's like okay like a complete as like asinine you just were doing the exact same thing head walking and stage driving and then somebody does the same exact thing on top of you and you're like upset they did it it's just like i don't know it feels like entitlement yeah that that's really strange um man like i i, I think it's really awesome that you're, you're so passionate about hardcore but i, I kind of want to uh, go back and um talk about how you even got into hardcore when you were younger so the first person to show me music was a teacher named Mr. Ganji. Okay. He, I, I didn't have a father growing up and there was a program in school that was like a mentor program and they would assign teachers with kids. Um, and I was in like eighth grade and I got assigned with this guy and you know, it was really, for me, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. I have to sit with this dude and like talk about bullshit and like, he's supposed to pretend he's like my big brother or something, but mm-hmm. this sucks. And I did it a couple times and it was always really awkward and they, they would, we'd be there it would be like 30 minutes or something after the end of the day, but you know, it would be like 10 minutes and then he'd be like, all right, you can go. And then one day I went in probably like the third or fourth day and he brought like a CD book with a bunch of shit in it, like a bunch of like out, like a stack of tapes and then a CD book. And he just started going through the CDs and stuff with me. And was like showing me like, I'm trying to think what's in that, but Weston Jake, RX Bandits, Clowns for Progress, um, Tool, 311, just like a bunch of bands. And I knew a little bit about music from my my best friend's older brother. He liked like Sublime and things like that. So he 
So I knew a little bit, but not, not a lot. I didn't, you know, I was young, it was like eighth grade. And he gave me, he made me a mix CD. So he's like going through the books and showing me the stuff and ended up making a mix CD. And on that mix CD, Glassjaw was on it. But they were the only bands, like a song from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is like their first EP. But also on that CD was like Old Virginity 2 and Aerosmith and Arch Bandits and Weston Jake, a lot of a lot of really random stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like No Doubt or Sublime doing C and Red with Gwen Stefani doing guest vocals. Um, and he gave maybe the CD and got me into, I guess, a bunch of the drive through bands, which were on it, like starting, like it's, yeah, because Sunday, yeah, it was, they were called Starting Line at that point, but they were called Sunday Drive before. Um, he gave me that CD and I got into it. And then when I started going to high school, so the next year, I met this girl whose name is Andrea. She was like a senior and I was a freshman, but I had like a bunch of shirts that I got through. I don't even know. I remember having like just a bunch of like stupid punk rock shirts, like an Operation Ivy shirt. Or, you know, there's a million stores then that were like not Hot Topic. They were called like, you know, Grunge at the Mall or something. And it would have a bunch of weird shirts as well as like intense and stupid shit. So I got those shirts and I was wearing the school and then she started talking to me one day. So I was a freshman and she was a senior, obviously. So she's like, Oh yeah, we're going to this show. It's going to be in the city. And like, uh, I think Thursday played it. And then she took me to that show. Um, and introduced me to this guy, Sean. Sean ended up working at all clubs. So Birch Hill was like one of the clubs in New Jersey. Club Chrome was another one. Club Benet at that point, I think. And he kind of started, he just started bringing me to all the shows because he was getting it for free. So he'd just bring me, I'd hand out flyers and I'd get into the show for free. So I saw a ton of stuff like early on in like 2000. Like I saw Lincoln Park play a 600 cap room. That's wild. Right before Hybrid Theory came out. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool that you're able to meet those older people and they're like willing just to, you know, take in this young kid and uh, kind of take him around and just, like introduce him to like going to these kind of crazy shows. Because I feel like th- that's really important because if it weren't for the older friends that I had, I wouldn't have been able to experience all the shows that I went to and like, you know, have gone to these venues that have closed down, like, you know, by today. So it's really important that uh, you had something like that in your life. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, and then he introduced me to this dude, Charlie Mecca, and Charlie Mecca's mom. Charlie Mecca's mom owned or ran a little hall called Eminem Hall, and that's where a lot of the hardcore shows would happen. Mm-hmm. So we would end up going there all the time, too, which is right around the corner from the other place called Birchill. So, you know, Eminem Hall would have like Death by Stereo, Ensign, uh, I mean, every small Bane, like all, you know, there's a little like 100 cap club that did a ton of shows so ended up going there a bunch too it was like uh, 2001 and you briefly mentioned earlier that um you did merch for census fail like when did you uh kind of uh, start participating more like instead of just uh going to shows handing out flyers like when did you actually become involved with like the actual like music uh so they got signed they were the one of the club promoter guys that ran this place called chrome he when chet got signed he started managing them 
and Buddy would always be around. So I met Buddy a million times. He would always come to shows and see like, I don't know, bands like Fairweather or Code 7 and, and uh, you know, My Chem. I'm trying to think of other shit. that He, he was around all the time. I knew him through because the guy that ran the shows, that booked the shows, was like their manager at the time. So he came around one night and they're having a conversation about needing someone to go on tour. I was 16 at this time and a sophomore in high school. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on tour. No, you actually want to go on tour? How are you going to do that? It was like a seven-week tour across America, the first U.S. tour. It was Finch, Movie Life, a static lullaby, and Census Fail. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going on that tour. Fuck yeah, let's do it. And then I didn't tell my mom I was going on the tour because I know if I asked her, she would have said no. There was no cell phones at that time. So basically, I wrote a note, left it in the room, and said, hey, I'm going on tour. I'll be back soon. Whoa. She picked me up, and I left. And so, at any point, did you like check in with your mom to let her know that you were okay? No, not really. That's a long time to be she, gone. Uh, Holy. And so, and you just were like, you're like whatever, I'm going to miss school. I, I got to just like take this opportunity and go. Pretty much. Yeah. I was like, yeah, my friends just got signed to drive through. They're about to do. I mean, Finch at that time were huge. So it was mm-hmm. like, there some of the rooms is, it was, it was like a full West coast, like Arizona, we played like Albuquerque and went all the way up to like Seattle and stuff. But it was like, like I said, it was like a seven week tour because we drove across the country. We sent the show, rented starting lines van. We went across the country. We, we did, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. We took like a week just to get across, across the country, sightseeing, having fun. It was like a kid's dream, right? Like this is a kid going to shows. And now I'm like on the road and I'm with the movie life. I love the movie life. Like this is dope. And, uh, and I, so, so my mom had some of my friends' numbers and like basically as time progressed, started calling those people being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, where is Greg? And they're like, yeah, Greg like went on tour. And then she ended up showing up to the club that I used to go to one day. Oh no, that's what happened. She went to the club one day while I was away. I was like, yeah, where the fuck, where's Greg? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, like. Greg like went on this tour and he like didn't tell you because I didn't tell anyone I didn't tell her obviously because then that's like then like kidnapping almost or... they're not gonna let me go right yeah. mean, oh this kid is just gonna leave like yeah you can't tell just get somebody else to do it and I didn't want that to happen so she shows him to the club she's talking to him she finds all this out then around the same time as this I'm a diabetic at this like I'm a diabetic so I run out of insulin while I'm on the road oh, so wow. I'm like fuck now I gotta call my mom. So I call my mom, finally, this is probably like three weeks in or two weeks in, and she's like flipping shit, like, what the fuck, this is bullshit, but I mean, as I already told in the last story, I'm a pretty stubborn person, so she knows, like, you know, she can call the cops on me, but she's not going to do that. It's not anyone's fault but my own, and yeah. and she was like, all right, well, I finished the tour, but you're going to have to like, graduate high school, so when you get back. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I was like, all right, no worries. I'm graduate high school, but I'm, like, finishing this tour. So the manager is flying out, and she goes back to the club and gives him the insulin, and he flies out and brings me the insulin, and he's like, you're a fucking idiot, you know, and give me a hard time because, obviously, I was just on this tour just doing whatever and flying under the radar, and then when everyone finds out the full story, they're like, Jesus Christ, dude. And at that point, and, have uh, you ever had like, any experience doing merch, or were you just kind of, like, learning as you go? 
I mean, I pretended like I did, but I didn't have a damn clue. I was like, all right, cool. Like, and this was a big tour. I mean, like I said, some of these rooms were 3,500. I remember one night specifically, it was like a 3,500 cap room. It was crazy. And then all the shows were sold out. It was, it was like a big, big deal. So, yeah, and the Central Show were killing it. They just signed the drive through. The EP just got re-released. You know, they're they doing big, big numbers in merch. It was their first U.S. tour, right? Yeah. The drive through at that time, anything drive through touched was gold. They, like... Like all, like all the drive through stuff was so, so big. And yeah, I just was figuring it out. I had this fanny pack that I was, uh, you know, just putting the money in and having a hard time. Like there wasn't like credit card terminals or anything like that at that point. It was just cash only. Mm -hmm. You know, if a person wanted to buy a shirt, they'd go to the ATM, pull the money out and buy the shirt. But um, yeah, I literally just kind of faked it until, until I knew it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it that's fine. That's a crazy story that you, you just dipped out and uh yeah, I I just can't imagine like what your mom was going through like coming home finding that note not really knowing where her child is and like cuz cuz you think about it, like that is like a really long time, 7 weeks to to not hear from somebody. Um like well, well I ended up talking to her like 3 weeks yeah. in probably because yeah. that's when I ran out of insulin and I needed to like I needed to talk to her essentially. So I was avoid, I, you know, I'm, that's kind of how I am with any sort of like sort of confrontation. And mm-hmm. this is probably similar to the Mongoloid thing. I was like, all right, this confrontation is going on. Like, all right, I'm just going to avoid it as long as possible. And then like not say anything. And then when I finally have to face it, it's obviously way worse. But I, I don't, I'm not a guy trying to like go and look for confrontation. That's not really like my MO. I'd rather just fly under the radar and like, it's all good. Yeah. No, I, I definitely get that. I, um, as I've gotten older, I like would much rather talk things out and, and like and try to be calm about it um, before it gets like too crazy, because I, I feel like uh, communication is like key, and I, I hear that so often, and it, it sounds so simple, but it, it's definitely not that simple. Um, but I feel like if you can get that communication right, uh, it, it'll make things like a lot easier. Well, it's just like I'm I'm in my thirties and I have like a, a career and I have a family and I'm not trying to like be in, in these like crazy situations and, uh-huh. and i think that's what really made me start looking back at you know t- truth be told like somebody came and they and they offered you know mongoloid's original lineup this show and that's kind of what got me thinking about it again i'm like i'm 33 right now even if we don't play this stupid ass show which it's it was a sick show it was a sick show but but even if we don't play this show like even if it's a stupid band to play this show i don't want these dudes to still like not not fuck with me like i i i take responsibility for the things i did and and you know and i, don't, and I know it wasn't necessarily mine to take i was just man i just i loved it so much it was like the most important thing to me at that at that point in time 2009 i was like so in love with what i was doing it was like a dream come true and to feel like i was losing it after all the work i had already put in i was just like you know what was it my responsibility or was it my it wasn't mine to take from other people though either and i don't know yeah what i i think is important is that uh you know uh now you can admit your mistakes and you're trying to like mend these fences so i i think that's a real like positive thing because you could have easily just like walked away and just been like fuck it fuck those guys fuck that situation like i'm done but i think it's awesome that you're i'm mature enough to be able to admit that you made some mistakes and you're trying to fix that so i i really think that's that's awesome Oh, dude, I would love to play with uh with those guys again. That would be like so we haven't played a show together in over a decade. It would be the coolest thing ever. But again, I, I only I would do it if, if it was with them. Mm-hmm. 
yeah i i think that that would be cool because uh obviously you guys have been away long enough and like there's like this whole new generation of hardcore kids who haven't had a chance to experience um what a mongoloids uh, you know show is like because i remember uh seeing you guys like you know 2008 2009 and it just being crazy so like i i definitely would like to um, experience something like that again yeah, but maybe I don't know. That's what I had hair. It might be way different. Um, I don't have hair. I don't know what happened. So, uh, okay. So, Mongoloids uh, uh, kind of get put on pause, and then I saw you on tour with Senses Fail. Um, was that um, what you're kind of just trying to do in between? Where like were you still trying to start a band um, after the Mongoloid situation while you were on tour with Senses Fail, or or were you just kind of trying to uh, move in like a whole different direction? So I toured with Sensorcell off and on pretty much the entire time. Like, for, for even during Mongoloids, during, like, I, I probably, the last tour I did with them was like a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So pretty recent. Like, I've, I've stayed friends with those guys and, and I've, like, Buddy's been like a longtime friend of mine and that's who sings for Sensorcell. And he's like, you know, anytime I needed a job or needed, you know, money or was hurting and I hit him up, he would always like accommodate me and, and help me like you know bring me back on tour or or whatever i mean they they literally showed me like so much about touring and about quote-unquote professionalism and touring and you know excel spreadsheets and merchandise sales and all those things i mean i learned all of that through through sense of self 100 percent like they they did a lot for me as a as a young adult like without a shadow of doubt even as a kid i mean i was 16 that first tour so Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, at the end of Mongoloids, I was really over the idea of, of doing music. Like I, uh, I wasn't really into it at that point. I was really even interested in it. Um, and I just wanted to get my shit together and start, and start, uh, like figuring out what I was going to do. Cause you know, Mongoloids ended. We did a last show in August, 2014 and I did it. I left for tour like a week later with Tensorfell. So I did that tour, and that was kind of like, you know, what I was going to start figuring out, like what my life was going to be and how I, what I wanted it to be, and and like, you know, like my my connection to hardcore music and aggressive music and music in general is awesome, but I also definitely had a reserve in terms of like. I didn't want to make a career out of being involved in, in what I like. If that, like, if that makes sense, I'm passionate about hardcore. I don't want to try and like be some like weirdo manager, hardcore guy or like some business guy or any of that. Cause that, that to me, I feel like I would have like soured what I was, what I love. For sure. I know. I, I definitely get that. Makes sense. I, I definitely get that because but I knew I want, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 it's okay. I know. I, I was just gonna say, doing this, I, I kind of told myself, like, like you know, uh, getting more personal with like the people involved in hardcore. I always just had to keep the reality that like not everyone was gonna be my favorite person, and not everyone was gonna show me respect. And and it's been rough sometimes, you know, uh, uh, just like in certain situations. But uh, I I always had to remind myself, like, I knew what I was getting myself into, and uh, I, I'm glad that. Uh, that I've been able to, you know, build some awesome relationships, but I, I kind of just like 
always just kept it real with myself going in, uh, knowing that like. But you're not trying to make it a job, are you? No, 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 no. Job, don't you? No, um, yeah, and, and that that's what I was getting at. Like, like for me, this is like something that I do on the side because I, I love it. Yeah, like I sell, um, like because people ask me like, oh, like what, like you should start a Patreon, blah blah blah. I'm like, no, like that's not why I do this. If you want to support me, I have like a website where I sell like uh, merch where I make like Disneyland shirts, whatever. So like, if you want to support the podcast anyway, like so, that's yeah. like, that's the way to do it. But like, I have like a corporate job that I do full time which is fine so i'm just happy that like yeah like i'm not like like this isn't like my like you know nine to five because like i would probably go insane and that's where we met with disney world yes um and yeah i i was uh kind of getting to that point but um so i'm um, you being on tour senses fail and like i and i felt like you you were still active in hardcore because i would um watch hate five six videos out to hate five six so whenever I'd see the videos from this is hardcore, like I would always see you on stage, you know, for certain bands and I'm like, Oh, that, that's Greg on stage. And like, I, I would still see you like every year up there. So it was always cool seeing that even though the band had ended, uh, that you were still going to shows. Cause at the time, like I, I never really talked to you. I just kind of knew you as like Greg from the Mongoloids. So it, it, it was definitely cool just to kind of like from the outside looking in, just still seeing you, um, like still participating and being around. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I help Joe and do like the backline stuff and stage managing stuff for business hardcore. So just making sure it runs on schedule. And I've done that since 2000 and I've done it. I did. I started in 2013, but then, or maybe 2000, yeah, probably 2013. And then, but then Joe and I had like a falling out for like a year or two, which I didn't do it. And then we were good again. And then I started doing it again. And uh, did you have any, uh, or did you have a hand in um, uh, back to school jam when it was in New Jersey? Yeah, that was my. Yeah, I booked that uh, all six years. Okay, and um, uh, is there a particular reason why you decided to end that? I mean, the how it happened was Mongoids were going to break up, and we so Mongoids were going to break up, and the last show was going to be This Is Hardcore 2014. Mm-hmm. But then a bunch of shit happened between Joe and I and a bunch of people were trying to stir the pot and Joe and I got into it and then we didn't talk for a while. So Joe didn't want us on the fest anymore. So when that happened, this is probably like March or April, 2014. I was like, all right, fuck. Now I need to like figure out what I'm going to do. And, uh, I was like, all right, well, why don't I, why don't we just do, why don't we do something in New Jersey? I'll book it. I want to call it back to school jam after back to school jam Boston because back to school jam Boston in 2002 is like at that point probably still is like one of my favorite shows I ever attended. Mm-hmm. Like I just remember it being so, so sick and being like so happy to be there and, and seeing no warning and just it being like this whole, like, you know, travel to Boston. It was like, I don't know. I was a kid. I was, you know, 60, same year as that census felt tour. It was like, I was I was young. I was a young kid. So I was, I was excited and I don't know that those memories were special to me. So I was like, all right, I'm going to call it back school, Boston, or back school, back school jam in New Jersey. It'd be so sick. And then I had uh, my buddy Care Bear at the time help, help me put it together. And we built this lineup and then it happened and it was so fucking cool. And there was no plan to do another one. But then after that show, like a couple months in, we ended up talking to maybe Justice, and Justice was like, "Yeah, like we're gonna do this comeback show." 
Captain Art's going to come back because they were on like a hiatus for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, okay, let's do it at back school gym. He's like, okay, let's do it. And then he linked us with the, the person that was booking them at the time, who was this guy, Matt Pike, who actually had hand in the original back to school gym. So it was like this, we're like, all right, let's go, let's go. And, and you know, Care Bear was still helping me for, for the beginning of year two. And then, uh, and then, you know, talked to Pike, Captain Arts confirmed. We had this lineup, we announced it, and then shit just started getting crazy. Um, Suburban Scum got like exiled from music. Uh, I don't know, wacky shit went down. And then Care Bear, Suburban Scum dropped, and Care Bear kind of stepped back and was like, all right, just like, I'm out. And I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna still do this thing, you know? So it's like, I'm fucking doing the show. It took time to do it. Like, show's happening. Mm-hmm. Show happened. Everything was good. And then after that year, I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this thing. And that was year two. was Trapped in the Rice. Year three was title fight. It was title fight. And year four was Cindy Year five was Power Trip. And year six was Martyr AD. So... But, but kind of like in the midst of that, I guess in year three, more wacky shit happened. And I was like, kind of like, I guess, predicting a, uh, an, and then year, year four, more wacky shit. Pretty much every year, some stupid shit went down. And then by year four, I was like, all right, well, I want to make this strategy. And I'm not trying to do this forever. I'm not like trying to be some big show promoter or anything like that. I mean, back to school gym in Boston had six years. So I'll just do the same thing for New Jersey and call it a day. Okay. Uh, wow. I didn't realize that, uh, you know, well, cause I, I, I saw it pop up and I, I always thought it was like a cool thing uh, just for like the, the timing and it was always a pretty solid lineup. And then when you guys uh, announced that it was going to be the last one, I, I was just like, uh, really curious as to why it ended, but, uh, you know, it was you know good effort on your part. I, I really like that on, on like the last flyer you guys, you know, threw in the dates for the, for the Boston one as well. You guys like showed respect there. I, I thought that was cool. Well, like to be a promoter, right? Like if your job is to be a, a promoter, you, there's like there's like formulas you're supposed to be doing to to make sure you're making money. It's like a hello, hello. Sorry about that. Uh, the connection went bad. Yeah, I can hear you, but I guess you couldn't hear me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, you were talking about uh, there was a formula for making money. Yeah, so if, you're like, if your job is promoted as a formula, I think it's like 10% of what your talent budget is, is what you're supposed to be earning as well, as long as all goes right. And I, and I never did that. I would literally spend until I was like, even if it sells out, I'm not going to really make anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, at this time I had a job, I had a career path. I was doing like, you know, mit, I mean, I pretty much got into my field like right after the last Mongoloid show. So I was like kind of, already working and figuring things out and doing shows was just for fun. Like I wasn't looking at it as like some financial benefit. And, and for me, it would have been, it's cooler to try and stack these lineups and do this crazy shit. Even if I'm spending way more money than I should on the actual show, Mm -hmm. I was just having fun. And, uh, are are you okay to talk about um, what you do now? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I work in management, in like the digital space. So I work with like YouTubers and creators, um, on the management side. 
and th- that just sounds so crazy to me because I, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like a fan of uh, some big YouTubers. So to, to hear that you're in that space, it, it's pretty uh, cool to hear, especially like, you know, I was like, you know, Greg from the Mongoloids and now he's like out here managing uh, like YouTubers. Cause I, like, I don't know exactly who you manage, but um, uh, that's what was uh, told to me. That's what you do. So I, I always thought that was like pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I got, I got to where I am right now through touring. I, um, after, after last Mongoloid show, I went on a census fell tour like a week later and I did that tour. And then I got back to New Jersey after the tour and I got a call from someone that was like, uh, attempting to manage a creator. And he's like, Hey, we're going to do this like social media esque tour. We need a tour manager. Are you down? It was, I just had gotten home from like a seven week tour and I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. So I went to the office and we built out this tour where this creator was going to go to these trampolines and like random other locations and do these like pop-up meet and greets so they did some trampoline parks they did some pizza parlors like crazy shit and we booked it ourselves just calling places and figuring it out and then the tour ended up being like another eight-week tour so that was october and november 2014 mm-hmm. and we, you know we got to the first day of the tour and it was insane there's like a thousand kids waiting in line um it was a, an introduction to this entire world i had no idea about and we, we did, uh, like, the kid just bought an RV and, like, wanted to shoot content around the tour. So we, we were just in this, like, RV he purchased. And it was, like, a couple of us. And it wasn't some big crew. So it was, like, a really different environment. And obviously, you, when you're in, like, close quarters like that and you're doing something like that, you're you're building a relationship with with a, with a few people you're with. And, um the tour went on and by like the end of the tour, the guy that was trying to manage him and, and him kind of got in this, like, and the talent got in this big fight and the talent ended up being like, all right, I'm not working with him anymore. That's let's say three weeks before the tour ends coming closer to the end of the tour. He's like, Hey, can I give you my, my email login? And can you just start like monitoring stuff? I'm like, all right, I don't really know what I'm doing, but sure. So that's kind of was my start in like, in management, obviously using everything that I learned through Mongoloids or through census fail or through anything I ever did on the touring front, but kind of shifting it into like a more of a management position. That's wild. Well, when you booked that tour and you saw like the thousands of kids waiting outside, did you have any idea that like, that's like the kind of crowd you're going to run into, like that they were that popular or were you just kind of like blindsided by all that? I mean, pretty, pretty blindsided just because like, he the the talent had come off of a of another tour which was like a lot more creators in one space it was like 12 of these digital influencers all together and this was him by himself We're like all right i'll do a couple hundred tickets in each place and like there was some like i remember specifically in uh oh my goodness in oklahoma city random market we did a, a Hilton hotel, like the ballroom of a Hilton hotel. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, 1,500 kids showed up. That's and and the, the hotel was like freaking out. Like we, it was it was like a 300-cap ballroom or 400-cap ballroom. Mm-hmm. And, we're, and, we're, and 1,500 kids are standing outside like waiting to do this like meet and greet. And, and we're just like, holy shit. Yeah, so when they're doing these meet and greets, is it just like like – uh, like a picture and like they'll just like chat for a little bit or like like how do you facilitate that to like give the fans enough time to not feel like they just like were cheated out of their money 
it's, I mean, to be honest, it's changed so much from 2015 or 2014 to 2020, uh-huh. 20, 2014. Yeah. It was just like a quick meet and greet. You say, hi, you get a hug, get a picture. Um, you get, they got like a poster and, and they were on their way, you know, maybe like 30 to 60 seconds per interaction. So not, not like not speed, speed meeting them, but you know, it was pretty quick now there's like so many more packages and things that creators do to like, you know, TikTok is huge right now and the kids want to come and make TikToks with you. And it's just like, I don't know. It's a different world. It's, it moves quick. Like I think that's why it's, it's fun to work in this space because mm-hmm. it's a lot happening all the time and it, uh, and it moves super, super quick. So like, you know, a meet and greet in 2014 doesn't look anything like a meet and greet in 2020. It's the same idea, but the asks are way different. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a huge fan of Halsey going back to Halsey. I remember when she was a lot smaller, uh, like, you know, like on her rise, uh, she would do like meet and greets and like she would do uh, like pictures with her, her her fans and like she would let them pick the pose and like I, I remember seeing this video like this girl wanted to like kiss her in the picture and she was like totally down to kiss her i was like this is crazy yeah. and i was just like I don't, th- that would not like fly like today obviously she's like way more famous now so like yeah seeing stuff like that just kind of grow it's, it's pretty pretty insane well it gets exhausting right like i mean look at bieber he completely just like cut the meet and greet aspect out mm-hmm because he was like, it was becoming, you know, more distant from what he was doing. Like, you know, I'm sure the older meet and greets with Bieber were the same thing. And then when the newer ones, there was like an X on the ground. You had to stand like arm's length from him and he barely even like looked at you and you got this picture and you're on your way. But, you know, and then he cut it out of the tour altogether. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's hard. And when you're uh, having to connect with hundreds of people before you have to go and do some of these some of these top acts are doing right 90 minute sets you know it's hard and are are you like going out to like the the vid cons like the different conventions for like these kind of creators yeah i just got back from playlist last week playlist orlando which is like one of the bigger ones and then yeah we go to vidcon june it's like the middle of june uh-huh. uh, that's in anaheim so yeah I, I usually attend the events i don't really tour anymore on it Mm-hmm. just because i did that for a really long time and now i'm like you know in january i moved out to california and i'm here way more regularly and i'm like working out of an office in west hollywood so i have way more responsibility now than i did when i was like touring so much yeah that's crazy because i uh obviously i i met you in orlando we were um in disney world that was like the first time i ever like officially met you and I, I just assumed you were uh, just in New Jersey still. But then when we were talking about setting this up and you told me you, you had moved to California, I was like, dang, that's crazy. Like, I, I had no idea that you had left. Yeah, I still, I mean, I still go back to New Jersey a lot, but it's, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's like everything is out here. Like, all my clients are out here. Um, my entire team is out here. We They moved into an office in West Hollywood um, in November. So it's like, you know, even waiting until January, I was kind of out of the loop for, for two months. And, you know, being here, I can be on site and kind of make moves way quicker than I could if I'm, like, sitting in New Jersey. Yeah, that, that definitely makes way more sense. Um, okay, I kind of want to put a pause on uh, the the personal stuff. Uh, the main reason uh, we're talking about having you on the podcast is because you're in a newer band 
called World Demise, and you guys just dropped a demo on Friday. Came out on uh, Flatspot Records. Um, liked the demo. It was a three song demo. Thought it was awesome. But one thing I was curious about Thanks, is, um, oh, you're welcome. Uh, you guys had put out uh, a record in 2018. It was seven songs, and then it seemed like you know you guys played some fests. You guys came to California, and then you guys just kind of didn't uh, do much. I felt you guys kind of just kind of went silent, and then you're back with a demo and not another record. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like, why did you guys decide to um, put a demo out in 2020, two years after the first record? Um, so we put that first record out, and we were so excited, and it was like, you know, but we're, we're all over the age of 30. Our bass player is 42, so like a bunch of older guys and we were just excited to play in a band again i think and do some shows and joe asked us to play this hardcore which was sick and we had fun we played fya bob had us down to florida and played fya in 2018 2019 i think 2019 2019 and then that after that fya run we did with uh the fight rule them all and dead heat we kind of paused it after that just because everyone's schedule was way busier. Um, some of us were having some health issues that we were kind of working through and yeah, we, we kind of just paused it. And I think the first record too, we're, we're not all that like proud of <laughs> that. Uh, okay. That's it. I think we look back at it and we're kind of like, ah, oh, these songs are kind of long and, I don't know. We're trying like different writing formulas that I don't know that I, I can only speak for myself personally, but I, I think they're a little, a little long and not, not necessarily how I would write a, write a song, write a hardcore song, you know? And I think, I think these new songs are a little quicker. They're shorter. They're more to the point, And that's kind of, I feel way better about them, but these songs we wrote in both those songs, two two original songs on a cover from a band called Nothing Lost to Mourn that was a band in like the early 2000s from New Jersey. Um, but we wrote those songs, I don't know, a year ago at this point, maybe even longer. And we were, I don't know, excited on them. We figured, hey, why don't we release this and see if there's, you know, gauge some interest and then we'll follow back up with some more songs. But we're not trying to be like some full-time band either. Mm-hmm. Well, I- the songs on the first record they were longer but i i think the the longest song the uh, dead and gone I, I think that might be like my favorite song you guys got brandon from incendiary on there but i, I just feel like that song is like pretty epic and these days yeah bands are writing shorter songs but i'm not against the the longer ones and i for that being your guys like first like actual release like you know you guys had the the, the promo but those those two songs are on the record uh i i thought it was pretty solid and you, you could tell that like you guys knew what you're doing because just like listening to the songs they, they just sounded like a um like a little more uh defined than like uh like a newer hardcore band you know coming out if that makes sense sure yeah and that, and that was like you know uh, Paul and Jeremy from Suburban Scum. I've known those guys for, for literally ever. And Paul played in the banner, you know, when I met him in probably 2007 or 2008, whatever it was. And Jeremy, I've known since his first band, Sign Would Hate, which, you know, that also like, like probably 2004, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2005. Um, Wes is like an amazing bass player and, um, Jeremy knew him and he brought brought Wes in and he's a great guy and and Mike I actually went to high school with 
I've known him since he was like, I don't know, 12, 13. Oh, wow. That's so, really young. It was like, yeah, it was, it was cool. And it's, it's been, it's been fun, I guess. I don't know. I'm like a critical person though. So maybe I'm looking back and I'm like just being hard on the older stuff. And I'm, I am excited about the newer stuff though. I think it's, I think those songs are cool. And we have some other songs written that we'll probably record at some point and play some shows and, and, you know, do the band off and on again. And uh, you guys released the demo uh, through flat spot records. Are you going to go back to them when you guys come out with the next record? I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, flat spot was so supportive of us, like right out the gate. They're awesome. Shay and Ricky I've known forever. Um, and, and they just, I mean, I think they have like currently they have an amazing label. I mean, so much of what's coming out on flat spots, like, yeah, I, I'm I a huge, know. I think it's like some of the best currently. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that band choice to make that they just uh, put out their EP through flat spot. Super awesome band. And constrict. Dude, Constrict, dude, those guys are from uh, L.A. I uh, had on the singer like a long time ago because like I was um, I was at the show. I can't remember what show it was, but I was leaving and I saw uh, Taylor Young. He was outside like handing out flyers and I asked him, I'm like, yo, like what's up with Disgrace? And he was like, oh, he's like, we're pretty much done. But he's like, if you like Disgrace, you should check out this band Constrict. Uh, you know, Anthony's in the band. Um, if you like Disgrace, you'll love that band. So that's how I got onto Constrict and that band's super sick. Yeah, the, that new record that they just put out is awesome. And I think they have kind of a similar thing as as I'm saying about World of Minds. You know, the older stuff they're kind of like, yeah, and and the newer stuff's like awesome. Yeah. So I, like you know, Kyle Thomas I've known forever. Oh really? Okay. He played in Force Order. Yeah, great and band. Kyle played in Mongoloids for a while in like uh, 2010, 2011. So he was yeah he was we I toured with Kyle a bunch. He's an incredible guitar player and a true sick individual. So um, love Kyle. Okay, well, well, that's good to hear. Um, I I know like the the demo just dropped yesterday, but I'm hoping uh you know kids are checking it out and there is a good response because I would like to see you guys be uh obviously like uh, not like a full time band, but it'd be cool to see you guys like a little more active just because I feel like you guys write good music. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure we're playing some shows next weekend. And oh uh, yes, with a uh, shackled shout out shackled. Ah, uh, best yeah, how hardcore. Yeah, and th- there's another band on the bill. Is it Rob Reed, if I remember correctly? On the uh... wait, say it again. Uh, was it? Uh, is, it's you guys, uh, World of My Shackled, and Rob Reed. Uh, raw life. Raw life. Okay, excuse me. Raw life. Sorry, I, I messed that one up. All right, I'm not perfect. Raw life. Yeah, you should check it. They're awesome. They're uh, they're really really good. Okay. Yeah, and and you guys are, uh, you know, um, obviously you're flying back uh, for that. I I think it's cool that you guys are doing that, especially with um, those bands, some younger bands. Uh, super awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's all about. That's what it's about, honestly. It's about the younger bands, like Well Life, Shackles. It's so much, so yeah. much current stuff going on. That, that's sick. That um, you did, know. Did you ever? Uh, uh, I, I I'm friends with some dudes who used to be in a band called Fence Cutter. They rep uh, Perth Amboy like super hard. And I, of I think, course, yeah, yeah, love love Cutter. Yeah, they played the last back to school jam. Yes, I I saw the videos from that. I I thought it was cool for them to to get on that. I was definitely bummed that they called it quits on that band. But I've talked to the singer Jason, and, and he told me that they're definitely working on another band that should be coming out pretty soon. 
Yeah, I think I yeah I've heard that as well. I think it's Jason and Avery doing a new band. Uh-huh. Okay, hell yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah, nothing but love for Perth Amboy. Hell yeah. Fact. Mongoloids are from Edison, which was this town next to Perth Amboy. Okay. So we uh, and the, actually the first show that happened at Copa de Oro, which is like the venue they have there, was uh, was Mongoloids trash talk. I'm pretty sure. That's wild. I had no idea because yeah, obviously, like, seven, I'm six, yeah. Yeah, Perth Amboy is like a like newer to me because like I got put on Defense Cutter and like once I started following those guys like that's all I see from them is like them repping their city and I think that's so awesome. Well, it's the, I mean, you always have to. That's like that's what it's all about. For sure, putting on for your local scene and just uh, just trying to get it out there. Um, but, but that's awesome. Of course, a shout out Manalpin Straight Edge. Shout out Burbank Straight Edge. I go hard for the cities I'm at. Uh, Burbank Straight Edge. I'm I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> I'm an OG. I formed it. Okay, all I right. Formed it in January. That's awesome. Uh, have you uh, adjusted well, like moving out to California and I'm um, living out there in LA? I mean, to be honest, I've been coming out here since, since September 2018. I've pretty much spent two weeks out of every month somewhere in California. I spent a lot of time in Sherman Oaks. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Hollywood. So yeah, I mean it's 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 honestly better being able to slow down a little bit and be here more consistently, just because I was doing the back and forth for a long time, and it gets it's very draining, like a hundred percent. Because especially with a lot of like th- things I do out here work wise, if it's you know if, if East Coast is three hours ahead, so if if I'm working late in LA, let's say it's a six or seven o'clock day in LA, mm-hmm. that's a ten o'clock day on the East Coast. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's longer just harder. Days. It's harder to kind of yeah. It's it's longer. It's later, and it's it's just nicer to be able to kind of try and get into a rhythm of you know stopping work at five and waking up the next day and starting work at nine and developing more of like a professional schedule, which I didn't have previously. Yeah, and I I can like whenever like I go on vacation and like I'm like traveling somewhere, I think that's like my least favorite part is like just having to you know pack all my stuff and then head to the airport and i hate i hate flying like i'm not scared of it or anything but i, I just hate the fact that like i'm just like sitting in this metal tube for a couple hours then i just have to sit there and like try to entertain myself and try to stay productive as much as i can well now you might be scared of it i don't know yo okay uh this shit's fucked up <laughs> i'm i'm going to disney world uh breaking news i haven't told anybody this except for the people that i'm going with because uh, they know I'm, I'm going to disney world next month just for like a a, a quick trip i'm, I'm going to be there for a weekend and i'm actually kind of nervous about traveling well i heard they closed disney in japan yeah i heard, Dis- like closed, I heard shit like yeah, this, is, this is a definite epidemic yeah and pandemic pandemic it's a pandemic pandemic epidemic yeah, it's a pandemic. I think. Yeah, pandemic. I think that's the right one. But uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, seeing memes and jokes about it. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like it happens. But then like there was a guy in Orange County who got it. I, well, I think it was a guy. I'm, I'm assuming I'm, I'm uh, maybe I'm, I may be misgendering him, but uh, somebody in Orange County got it, and like it was so serious that they literally like the, the news outlets were detailing this person's like whereabouts, like, and they're like, hey, if you were here like yesterday at these spots, like go get checked because uh, this person with the coronavirus was here and they're being quarantined, so just be careful. So for it being that close, it's like literally 20 minutes from where I'm at, and I was like, dang, that's crazy because it's so it's so insane, like how like. Uh, like big like this whole thing's gotten and then like, I, I see people like elon musk saying that it, it, it's not like a big deal and 
you know, I'm, I'm just trying to stay safe, you know, uh, just doing the simple stuff, just like making sure like I'm washing my hands and just trying to stay clean. And I like I, I still go to Disneyland regularly and I, I'm seeing like more and more people wearing those masks. And I'm just like, uh, like, I don't know if I, I I'm trying to, my best to avoid it. But I, I just hope I don't get it at some point. Because last week was Playlist Orlando. So I was in Orlando. Uh-huh. And the family and I went down there early and we went to Disney and we did that. And then I stayed in Orlando five extra days for Playlist. And then I fly back and I get back and then I find out Florida and California were both both declared a state of emergency. And I'm like, holy shit. And uh, it's, it's definitely different. I don't know, I yeah. don't know what to say about it. But, yeah. but I'm going to get back on a plane on Wednesday in the name of hardcore. So what, what more can the world take from me? That's true. Well, you're in LA. That lady, like the other day, like literally died from it. What she was older though, wasn't she? Yeah. And somebody was saying that, uh, Corona was only taking the, um, the, the <laughs> I was, uh, and it's probably not, okay. It, it, it's not a, uh, a good joke, I guess, but they're saying that the, the Corona only takes, uh, or kills the, the, the boomers and just babies. And I was just like, I, that might be true because I, I think all the reports are just like, yeah, all older people dying. Fact check me. Yeah, I saw. I saw it's. Uh, it, it's definitely very effective towards old people, but I don't know. Uh, for me, I just try and like not go too crazy on knowledge with it. Okay. Because I, I, the more I know, the more I have to think about it, and the more I think about it, the more I stress myself out, and I'm just like. I have so many other things that I need to make sure I'm on top of, like to just, and maybe that's fucked up. Maybe that's like, a, a, maybe that's me being like, I don't know, but I just like, man, if I sit here and read about, but this has been insane to avoid because everyone is literally talking about it. You, you're at the grocery store and the person in front of you is talking about it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, I wanted to save the Disney talk, so I'm actually pretty excited to finally get to this part. Uh, I, I never knew you were a, a fan of Disney until I met you there through our friend Steve Huey. Shout out, Steve. Yep. And um, yeah, and I, I, I remember him saying, hey, hey, like my buddy, uh, you know, Greg is here, like we're going to meet up with him. And he was and he kept joking. He's like, oh, he's like, just don't fanboy on him. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to fanboy on him. Like, I'm going to treat him like a normal person. Like, yeah, like I like this band, but I'm not like obsessed with him. Um, but I, I just remember thinking, I was like, oh, I was like, this is kind of cool. And it was actually nice to to meet you. And, uh, you know, and it was cool that we share like this interest in Disney. It's awesome. So I, I was happy to meet you and um, find out that you were actually like a, a good guy and not like some like, you know, cool guy. Like, you know, that term. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm the least cool guy of all time. Ask anybody, they'll tell you. And Gu- guaranteed, uncool. And I appreciate that. That's okay. And uh, how long um, have you um, uh, been going to uh, Disney? Because do you uh, frequent Disney World more than Disneyland? Would you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I went to Disneyland a couple weeks ago for the first time in a long time. To be honest with you, but I'm I'm considering getting a a pass. We had we've had we've been annual pass holders for Disney World for. Uh, for a few years now mm-hmm. um my do- my daughter loves it and my I've, I've tricked my wife into liking it so it's uh it's you know I, we've gone definitely disney world disney world a couple times a year for sure and then disneyland maybe we'll get a season pass for it but i thought it was pretty cool i, I haven't been there in a while so it was fun going back yeah i don't know if you remember but the last time i saw you was actually in a uh, california adventure it was, yeah. You were with um, 
uh, Tom from uh, Trail of Lies. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would think I was with clients. Yeah, hundred percent. That was uh, that was the last time I was there. Actually, when was that? That was. Oh, uh, it had to been like year? yeah, definitely last year. Yeah, I feel like that was like probably almost a year ago. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Th- that sounds about right. I I just remember like we were getting on or we were waiting in line to get on to uh, Radiator Springs, and we were like, oh shit, and it was just like kind of like this you know crazy thing, like holy crap, there's Greg. It was kind of funny. It was yeah, cool. Because I, I went, so I went the other week, and then the last time I was there was when they opened um, Galaxy's Edge. So I think that was May mm-hmm. yeah. in California. Yeah. Or June, May or June. Yeah, so that's, that's probably when I told you. It was, it was great. Yeah. I, I mean, Cal- Disney is always super special to me because that was like a place when I was a really little. My mom would bring me, and it was like this joyous time, and she was really into Disney, and she still is, and I'd you know watch movies like Mary Poppins and – and like, I mean, everything I was always like very, very into it. It was always like the, like very happy memories when I was a kid. So I guess I'm holding on to those and trying to hand those down to my daughter the same way. That's awesome. I, I, I think that's really cool. And, um, I definitely love Disney cause I'm there like all the time, but, uh, yeah, I, I remember cause I, I do like that annual uh, trip in uh, like October. Like it's like more around like Halloween time with like Steve and everybody else, um, from like, uh, our other friends from like Boston and New York. And I didn't see you, uh, last year. Um, and I was kind of bummed about that cause I, uh, I, I saw Steve cause we all just kind of like went our own separate way when we got into magic kingdom and Steve told me that he, he like um, ran into you there. Um, and went and said hi, but like I was off doing something else. I, I think I was in like Tomorrowland, just like uh, going on like random stuff. Yeah, we go every October for around Halloween. Uh, my daughter was born in October eighth, so mm-hmm. we do like an, a trip every year around like for her birthday. But we go usually like Halloween week. That's awesome. Uh, do you guys do the Halloween party? Yeah. Yep. Every yeah every year. That's awesome. You know, it's funny is um, I've never done the Halloween party in California. I've only done it in Florida. I want to because they change uh, the what the haunted mansion turns into Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, they uh, do that. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's like the biggest like thing. That oh well, okay. So for the holidays, they do um, haunted mansion turns into Nightmare Before Christmas, but then um, they've actually done a lot of the more like Halloween centric stuff. They moved it all to DCA because they're trying to like push like tra- more traffic there. So they like uh, totally like redo Cars Land. There's all these like awesome like Halloween decorations there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, I don't think I've, I've never done that. I don't think. Yeah, it's definitely a cool experience. Um, I can't speak on the Halloween party, but um, from the people that I've talked to who've done it, they say it's pretty cool. Um, I, I know uh, last year they um, added a bunch of new stuff uh, and try to make it like more popular. Um, so this year I'm actually going to try to make a real effort to try to go to the one out here. Yeah, was it Buddy from Sensenfeld is a big Disneyland head. He's got like a season pass and goes a ton. Okay, and it, he, he goes to, um, I'm guessing, a Disney World because that's closer to him. No, no, Disneyland. Buddy lives out west too. Oh, yeah, okay. California. Oh, so he, he moved to California as well. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. So he's uh yeah he's he's really into it as well. Okay. So going forward, uh, World Demise, you guys have this um, run coming up next week. Uh, do you guys have anything planned outside of that, or is it just all up in the air right now? Uh, I think we're gonna play. Our friends in Threat to Society are doing a record release, and then we're going to play that. I don't know what it is yet, but uh, our friends at On Site, another band from New Jersey that's 
very very cool that is putting a record out on, on beam records we're going to play their record release i don't have a date yet but we said we were down so we're going to definitely play some shows and, and figure it out okay well that sounds like a promising future and i'm i'm seriously like when uh steve hit me up and told me that uh or hit me up and wanted to set up the podcast i, I was really excited for that because uh I, I knew that you guys were putting out those new songs and I, i'm really happy we're able to do this yeah because i listened to uh to the one you did with ac and street to hate and i was like oh this is sick so that was after after listening to that, I think I texted Steve probably at like four AM. I was like, "Yeah, I want to do it." Dude, hell, I I appreciate that. That, that. That's awesome that that you heard that one, and um, it definitely means a lot that you took the time to listen to that because uh, it, it's still like uh, a trip to me that like you know I, I sit here and I do this every week, sit here and talk for hours, and the fact that people think it's um, awesome and tune in uh, it, it means the world to me. So I, I appreciate that. When you do a podcast, can you see your drop off rate? like how long people listen before they stop listening um i don't know because like okay if i'm gonna be honest i um try not to focus too much on the analytics because i don't want to become obsessed with it because then i don't want that to shape or influence like how i'm doing the podcast if that makes sense um so makes sense yeah so uh, i i maybe i could but i, I honestly i haven't gone that far like i'll see like um like the like and it's weird because like I, um, and this is me peeling back the curtain. Um, it gets uploaded to to Anchor and then it gets shot out to iTunes. So I get like a, uh, not like a full view, but I'll I'll be able to see like a general view of the statistics, like um, how many plays it got from Anchor. But then also there's plays on YouTube or not YouTube, excuse me. There's plays on Apple, but then also people can listen, um, you know, from my website. So it, it's all over. So. Um, I, I don't know like the exact numbers, but I, I can see some. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of analytics, especially YouTube analytics. So interesting. Okay. Well, all right. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to uh, you know look into that, and maybe I'll uh, uh, share that information with you. You should start talking about it on the show. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll do a weekly no, breakdown. No, you- <laughs> you'll lose listeners don't do that yeah no i definitely don't want to do that but okay no but seriously i I appreciate you coming on um before we go is there anything you want to shout out or plug um what do you think we should plug i don't know should we talk about payback dude do you know keith gallagher personally do you have his phone number you want to do it? Yeah, I'll give you his phone number. You should leak it. I, I don't want to leak his phone number, okay? And I've never said this publicly. It's all love. I, I love Payback. I think Keith Gallagher is an awesome front man. Um, but I, I've been chasing him since or since August to try to get him to come on the podcast. I've never said this publicly. But um, I've been chasing him since August. And I want him on the podcast. He's told me he's want to, he wants to come on, but uh, we just haven't been able to make it work. So um, if anybody listening, you know Keith uh shoot him a text or greg if you want to shoot him a text like i would greatly appreciate that because i love payback and i want to tell him that's sick yeah want him on the podcast he's a true hardcore supporter 100 percent, dude yeah he's there forever i yeah like he was um like somebody uh like i've had like multiple people pitch him to me they're like dude you need to have this guy on the podcast and i'm just like dude trust me after like i was first told about him i looked into him and I, i like his band like i would love to have him on so. Yeah, he definitely needs. He's great. He's a he's a great. He'll talk about hardcore all day. Okay, he's a he's a really good one. All right. Well, shout out payback. <laughs> uh, the, um, do you want to shout anything else? 
what else what else can we talk about what are other what are other things that are worth shouting out right now uh, well shackled i i, I want to see shackled explode they almost made it out west like last year but they had a um, drop off they're gonna play a show in arizona oh they're doing a u.s tour oh shackled's doing a u.s tour it's not announced yet but i'll announce it for him it's in june oh with who do you know <laughs> that's awesome how's that I don't know if it's like top seed. I don't know if people give a shit about that anymore. I uh, do. People okay. It's commonplace to uh, break news on the podcast. So, uh, shackled full U.S. tour. Um, people do care, With but like, oh, podcast shackled. Okay. June twenty twenty. All right. Well, there it is. Uh, that's an awesome I announcement. It now it might not happen. I don't know. Right. But I'm just gonna say, yeah, Typecast Shackle. Shout out Typecast, great. You listen to that record? It's fucking awesome. Yeah, awesome. I, I love the cover. It's uh really, really awesome. Great record. Shout out Typecast. Yeah. You said that choice to make record? Dude, choice to make is amazing. Shout out Nate Prosciutti. He he's a great help to the podcast. I, I love uh Scranton Wilkes Bear, awesome scene, love everything going on out there. Oh yeah, they definitely yeah, Nate's the man and that new choice to make record's really, really good. Honestly, PA is killing it right now. Dude, so much awesome stuff coming out of Pennsylvania. Did you hear that new band, Carbonite? It's that's uh, with uh, Lennon, right? Yes, Lennon. Yeah, because I, I guess he's moving to Pennsylvania, and I, I think that's going to be like a, like more serious of a band, I guess. So I didn't hear. I, I only heard the demo, and it's great. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. David Upstate in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So super awesome. Uh, yeah, the, 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 there's so many awesome things going on out there in Pennsylvania. Oh, and uh, there's a newer band that just dropped their demo as well from out there, uh, Fool's Game. I, I don't. Yeah, I heard that yesterday. It's cool. The yeah. artwork's really cool too. Tyler did it. Yeah. From uh, Year of the Knife. Yeah, Tyler Mullen, right? Yeah. So much love to him. I kind of taught him how to play drums. If you ever ask him, just just see. That's a, I didn't even know you can play drums. What? No, I I can't, but I know how to do like, I know how to make people understand things. So just ask Tyler about it. I'll tell you all about it. Okay. All right. I'll uh, get him on the podcast. And I'll make sure he, he tells us that story. Yeah. Pennsylvania is sick, honestly. Shout out Bob Wilson. I mean, he's a little slower and fatter these days, but he's still killing it, doing his thing. Yeah. Bob's been a great help. He he definitely uh, came on the podcast and he's definitely um, helped me out, reached out to uh, people behind the scenes and uh, definitely uh, put some respect on the podcast. Him and Joe Hardcore, th- those, those two guys coming on the podcast, like definitely um, opened up a lot of people's eyes to, to this thing, and I definitely appreciate them for that. What, do you know what your highest streamed episode is? Uh, you know, so I switched platforms, so I couldn't give you an honest answer. Cause I, this bef- definitely won't be, but I'm just curious to who's got the most sauce in 2020, 2019, oh. 2020. Okay, um, uh, twenty twenty. Okay, I I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but uh, I'll tell you. Um, the can I give you like a top five in a random order, <laughs> so so nobody gets offended. Yeah, that's perfect. Okay, hold on. That's great. All right, hold on. Let me pull up the list real quick. Um, because I can give you that. Hold on. So, where's the episodes tab? So. Uh, we have uh, okay, so we're top five random order. Uh, nobody get offended. It's uh, Joe Hardcore, respect Connor Jones from Ikulu. Okay, Hate Five Six. He, he uh, Sonny came on in the beginning of the year. We have um, this a band from uh, Southern California called Wise. I, I had on the singer Nick, so shout out Nick, and then I had on uh. 
uh, Ryan from One Step Closer. He he came on like before uh, for me to you uh, came out and uh, came on and talked about the record and that one uh, made it up there. Like a lot of plays, a lot of people talk to me about that podcast to this day. So shout out One Step Closer. That's sick. Yeah. What was what was the third one you said? I think I had a comment to make about that. I don't know what it was though. Uh, it was uh, Wise. Did I say Wise from Southern California? Was that the third one? No, that was the fourth one. No, no, it was Ekulu, Hate Five Six, Joe Hardcore. Oh yeah, Hate Five Six. Sonny loves analytics. Yes. Talk about analytics all day. Yes, he he's uh, really into that stuff. He, he's a really smart guy. I love talking to him, and I was really happy that, um, you know, with him being so huge um, in the space and him willing to come on and talk to me and like, cause I don't know him personally and I just um, DM'd him out of the blue and he, he was like really prompt and responding and like really professional. And I, I, I appreciate him giving me the time. Yeah. Sonny's a good guy. Okay. Well, definitely a good guy. Yeah. PA. Yeah. And more from Pennsylvania. And I, I feel like I gotta uh, make it out there at some point and see, see what it's all about. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go like, I don't know. I don't really like the city of Philadelphia, but I like like Doylestown. That's a cool area. Um, I like Wilkes Bar. It's a great area. Mm-hmm. Granton, cool area. I don't know. City is just kind of gross. I don't really like dirty shit. That's fair. I I I would do. I was kind of guy. I was in uh, the arts district in uh, L.A. last night for a show, and it was so dirty. I felt so sketched out. Ah, uh, dude. Was, That's like downtown, right? Yeah, downtown. It was, it was Ugh. bad. Show was awesome. Venue was weird. Uh, people smoking in the venue, I thought was like really strange. Oh, that was kind of gross. But um, but it's like a DIY spot, so it was, it's like people were explaining to me like, yeah, this is just how it is. It's like a, like more of like a punk, like power violent spot. So it's all right. Are um Are you excited for the new fight record? Uh, the you're talking about the fight from Long Island. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh, I actually just talked to, and I haven't even really told or announced. I I don't even announce who I'm co- like who I have coming on just because I don't think people care that that much. But um, I actually talked to uh, Kyle from the fight, uh, the singer. He's actually coming on the podcast next month. Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That new song is fucking awesome. Yeah, great, great band. I I definitely like them. I, I was actually put onto them by my friend uh, Keith Freeman, who um he plays bass in Restraining Order. And he's been in other bands. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. Everybody knows Keith, so yeah. He he put me onto the fight like um like a while ago, and I'm a huge fan of that band. He's in a comic book chat, man. Okay, is, is that is Steve Huey in that one too? He is, yeah. You know okay. Are you in it? Me, no, no. I, I, I'm not a big fan of uh, group chats because I feel like. Uh, it's just just a lot of people. I'm I'm you know for me doing a podcast, I, like I'm kind of like antisocial, like even though it might not seem like that, but. I'm like weird when it comes to being in group chats. That's good. Did you buy records? No, you, you know I've never collected records, and uh, and this is a weird story. So when I had the idea, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let me start collecting records. I'm like a huge Newfound Glory fan, and I was like, all right, the first record I want to be in my collection is uh, Newfound Glory's Catalyst. And I went to go buy it, and like I found out that like, they didn't even press that record. So I was like, all right, maybe that's the universe telling me that I shouldn't collect records. So I never, <laughs> I, I never bought records. Like I'll, I'll I pick up random stuff. Like I'm a huge fan of Fury, so I have like every fury record but other than that uh, i don't really collect records do you uh so what do you collect i collect comic books that's like okay so I, i'm a big fan of uh having things digital like all my video games movies everything i like to have digital but like the only physical stuff that i collect are like comic books like I, i'm at the comic shop every wednesday 
Interesting. Yeah, I was I was doing comics again, and then I kind of halted. I I was reading the the relaunches of like Excalibur and X Men and mm-hmm. that stuff a couple weeks ago. Like when it I don't know, it's probably a couple months ago actually. Yeah. So I don't know what what issue they're on now, but New Mutants they re redid. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I paused it just because I have, I have a lot of comics, a lot, a lot. I have like 30 long boxes full of shit. Yeah. It's really expensive, but I, I, I have to like sit down and like carve out a time cause I'll, I'll like build up a stack and I'm like, I should probably read some of that stuff. So I'll like, just like kind of build up, you know, maybe like six or seven issues of a run and then I'll read it and be caught up and then just try to knock out like the other stuff that I'm collecting. Interesting. Yeah. That's uh that's cool. I love. I'm like the opposite. I like having everything. If I'm gonna buy a game, I want to have the case for it. If I'm gonna buy a, whatever, I'm gonna buy like a tape or a record. If I like a record, I'll usually buy a copy of it, whether it's tape or a, an LP or a seven inch, whatever it's gonna be. A lot of uh, a lot of records and tapes and and things, posters. You, you care about posters? Uh, no. Like I I I went through this phase of like being like. I, I, have you heard of like Mondo? Like Mondo prints. Of course, yeah. I actually just lost the. Uh, they put out some Galactus poster yesterday or two days ago, and I completely forgot about it when I went checked. It was already sold out. Yeah, the, it's the, so sick. They did, yeah, Galactus, and they had the Fantastic Four pins to to go along with that. Dude, how sick is that Galactus poster? Dude, it's awesome. Like I, I like, yeah, I, I, I like a like they put out so many cool posters, and I, I know that there's like other companies, but I, I'm just not like you know super in tune with like that culture. But like I, I follow Mondo. And I used to collect uh, that stuff, and I would like resell, um, but I, I, it's just like too much of a hassle. I just don't like doing that stuff anymore. Yeah, reselling stuff, I don't really. I I did for a, a long, especially like when I was when Mongols were touring a bunch in like 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. I was reselling so much stuff, and it was fun at Nike SBs and all this other shit. But then I was like, ah, Nike SBs back though. It's like a whole thing again. Should have held on to the garbage. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sneaker culture is crazy too. I like kind of dabble in like you know just monitoring like uh, streetwear stuff and yeah, seeing some of those shoes like come out and like the hype around stuff. It's it's definitely insane, but it's it's fun. I I, I like to observe. Like I'll, I'll buy stuff every now and then, but I'm not like there for every drop because obviously it's like a lot of like raffle stuff now. So it's like you're not guaranteed to win. And then if you want to pay resale prices, like those things just get so high, it's just like not even worth it most of the time. Yeah, I, I pay attention to that stuff too, especially with like a lot of the people I work with are super into that stuff. So I definitely have like a an interest in it, not necessarily because I'm buying it and giving a shit about it, but mm-hmm. just because I find it interesting. Yeah, and like I have so many friends like you know who are into hardcore, also into that stuff too. Who actually like buy, and uh, I, I have this buddy. Um, uh, I think he lives like somewhere out in like Massachusetts. Uh, shout out, his, his name's Owen, and he's like super into uh like fashion and like supreme and stuff but, but like he doesn't he's like against paying like resale so he's like the type that will only pay retail if if he gets it during the drop cool if not he's he's just like you know he's fine with it which i think is like pretty interesting well there's so much of it, it happens so frequently there's some brand is doing something where it's like if you don't get that specific piece there's a million behind it or in front of it that you can end up getting your hands on one way or another like whether it's going to be coming out or it's already out yeah. Things shift in value so so often. Yeah. So it's like that's why I, I like uh uh StockX cuz it, it kind of has like you know like market value and it'll tell you like what things have like sold at. What was it those those black React 87s, the Nike React 87s? 
they were like a whole thing for a minute. They were up to like 600 bucks, and now they're straight up in Foot Locker again. They did another drop of them, and they just washed them all out. They were selling for a lot at one point. They did like the original two. They released the black ones and the white ones, mm-hmm. like the weird see-through thing. Yeah. The see-through sneaker you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I actually own a, a pair of Reacts, but not, not any like hype pair, but I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they, they those black were the first ones they did. The black ones are back in the stores. They're like, I saw my Foot Locker literally yesterday or two days ago. Crazy. Those are straight up 600, 700 bucks for a second. Yeah. People are crazy. Um, maybe I'm Everyone's crazy. rich. Everyone's parents are rich. <laughs> I, I, I've I thought about buying some uh, Balenciagas, but I was just like, I was like, I Dude, I was like, am I really going to be seen in public with those? <laughs> yeah, I was going to buy the, 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 the trainers, the one that looks like you're wearing socks. So I was just like, am I really going to be? Those are the worst shoe <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like picturing myself like, could I really be throwing spin kicks in these things? Like, really, do I want to spend $800 on this? You could not be seen in public wearing those. are embarrassing. They have the stupid ones with like the neon green sole and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is like the definition of entitled white kid. Come on, you cannot wear that. Okay. Um. Are are like what kind of sneakers are are you into? Like, what what do you normally wear? I, know, I mean, I, I I have a ton of Vans, ton of Converse. I have a bunch of Nikes. I mean, I have some like things, but a lot of like I, I have some pairs of Yeezy, but I got them through like some event at work or someone through work or, or like, things mm. like that. Like, I, I've never dove deep into like spending a bunch of money on any of the stuff. But if you know, a Yeezy's a comfortable shoe, regardless of you know what you think of when you see it because a lot of the time if you see someone wearing a pair of Yeezys you're like ah oh, this dude's a clown but I don't know at least that's what I think I see I'm like ah oh, this guy's a loser <laughs> that's funny you know I, I, I'd like to analyze the whole fit if I see like the Yeezys I'm like okay like let's see like what are the pieces they're rocking um, but I try not to <laughs> I, I, they're not an automatic clown but I think that's so funny that, that you think that I have like a bunch of Jordan ones. I don't know. I've, I've, I like stuff, right? I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't really talk about it though either. Like, okay. You, you don't flash it on the gram? No. No, no, no. That, I think I'm like that with younger kids. I guess this is more hardcore memorabilia, but with all the younger kids getting so into like t shirt collecting and, and I guess it's more T-shirts than records. It's definitely T-shirts, you know, and everyone's got to rock this crazy shirt. Like, I have a lot of shirts. I've been collecting shirts since since before the Mongoloid started, mm-hmm. you know, that 2003, 2004, when it was cheap. I remember seeing Daniel Rosen from Bitter End. He's like an old, you know, when because he used to come to – he used to always pop up, like, random CBGB shows in, like, 2004, 2005. And I remember seeing him and he would always have some crazy shirt or crazy this, crazy that. And he'd always be wearing like Ari Krishna beads. And I was so interested in him as a person. And then, you know, a year or two later, Bitter End started touring. And we, uh, my friend and I, Bruce, booked them in probably 2005, 2006. They did a tour with Iron Age and they played uh, Brick, New Jersey. And I remember finally meeting him and like thinking he was like such a cool person because he always had like, the coolest shirt and, and all this stuff. And now everyone has it. I mean, everyone has these random old shirts or they have their parents' money to buy $700 shirts. And it's just, it's crazy to me because when I was young, you know, rather than spending shit on that, I was spending on getting into shows. But I feel like now the kids that have all this crazy shit don't even want to pay to get into a show. 
They don't want to pay $10 to get into a show, but they'll pay $1,000 for some random old T-shirt. And it's like ass backwards. I mean, if I was I, – I, I do spend money on some of that stuff, but if I wasn't supporting the current the current wave of bands or the current you know, people in hardcore, whether it's going to a show or just buying – buying a record or whatever it is like it's just crazy to me that someone would spend so much money on an old shirt but won't won't spend a dollar on anything current yeah if i'm gonna be honest i i used to work for this uh uh this company they uh, were like i guess it's like a merch company they would like print merch for bands and the the owners are like pretty well connected like locally so i like never had to pay to get into um, a, a show depending on which venue it was at i would literally spend like uh like it was like two years solid i, I was getting into shows for free and like i took full advantage of that because nobody uh, uh there's like one other guy who i worked with who um, would like to go to shows but like the rest of the staff nobody cared to go to shows after work everybody just wanted to go home but they were you know handing out you know guest lists left and right so like fuck it like i'll take it um but i felt so douchey every time i had to walk up to the counter and i'd be like oh like i'm on the list and then there was even times where like and i didn't even know this but there was like like multiple lists there was like you know like the owner's like secret list and i I had to like find out that i was on that list one time and it was just like oh god i felt like super douchey and after i quit i was like club shows you're talking about though right yeah, 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 like bigger venues, like uh, like the Observatory, and like, but the, these places would do like hardcore shows um, too. So like, it, it's not like the the like typical DIY venues, but it was just like um, some like bigger tours would go there. Um, but I, I just always hated yeah, that. The last four sorter shows at the Observatory, wasn't it? Yes, yes. So yeah, yeah so like, I'd be getting to those shows for free, and once I quit and I was like paying for shows again, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I don't have to like you know, because I always felt embarrassed like going up there and like being like, hey, like I'm on the list, but it's just like no, like I. Uh, Honestly, like I really like the bands, that's why I wanted to be there. But uh, I, I just felt like I wasn't doing my part in supporting, just because I was getting in for free because of where I, like I was at, and I was in that position. But it's just like, yeah, now I quit. I pay for shows now. I don't ask anybody to get on the guest list. That's cringy. I never want to do that. So it's just like I'll show up. Here's my money. Take it. I'm, I'm happy to to hand it over to get into a show. Sometimes I might do that. Like if it's like, I remember I went and saw some like outdoor show in orange county you probably know what i'm talking about terror played it it was on some huge stage it was like an outdoor amphitheater you know what i'm talking about i think fury also played it oh you're talking about the uh, yeah it was the uh, garden grove amphitheater yeah so so i went to that and i think maybe terror got me in or something Mm -hmm. or somebody got me into the show but then i went there and i was like all right i'm gonna buy a shirt from whatever band I think has a cool shirt and I, I, I got their weight and I missed all the bands. I literally got there and saw Terror and left, mm-hmm. but I bought a shirt from a band called dare. Oh, sure. I never even heard of dare. I just knew they were a straight edge band. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to give them my money because that's cool. And they're a straight edge band and they're young kids and that's sick. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up, you know, checking them out. I'm like, Oh, this band's actually sick. Yeah. So shout out to the kid that goes to the show and might not necessarily even see the band, but still buy something to just support something. That's sick. And that's like, you know, dare I never heard him. I just was like, oh, I'm going to buy this shirt because it says something about straight edge on it. And fuck yeah. Yeah. So I bought it. and They're actually awesome. Yeah. Shout out dare. I, I'm friends with uh, the singer. Nice guy. Like great group of kids. I actually like what they're doing because uh, they're from Orange County. So I, I love like, you know, shouting out the, the bands from my local area. And yeah, they just put a, a demo tape like not too long ago or a promo tape. Excuse me. To Wise, right. They're like, it's like a group of friends or something. No separate friends. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought the two of them were associated. Yeah, to my knowledge, it's it's like uh, two different circles of friends. 
Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, and is Wise a straight edge band? No, uh, Wise is just uh, just a. a I, I don't know how to categorize them. They're just like a. I, I, I think they're like pretty unique for, for their style, but uh, they're kind of spread out like all over um, Southern California. Like some people from like the Inland Empire, some uh, some dudes in L.A. The singer lives in San Diego currently. Uh, they just signed a, a couple months ago. That they announced that they signed a Triple B. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I need to tri- Triple B. Actually, shout out Triple B too. Great label. Yes, I like that. Uh, uh, there's uh, that uh, the bands have like range. Like, there's so many different types of like different types of hardcore on that label, and I I think that's awesome. Like, they they do a good job of like picking out like you know really awesome bands from different genres. Oh, for, I mean, I told Sam this fairly recently. I would I I consider them a, a modern day Bridge Nine, even though Bridge Nine is still around. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say they're like kind of signing things all over the, the the spectrum and they're not afraid to like take risks and like you know do do what they what they enjoy and that's like so cool to me yeah that's like the definition of a hardcore label, in, in my opinion yeah because they have uh you know mind forces on that label I, I think they're super sick but then they also like they have a band like nudie mag that's on the label that sounds like you know um, that sounds like way different it's that like, nudie mag record is going to be crazy too Yes, I, I love that band. It's like it's, it's like so different from like you know like everything else on the label, but but it's cool. Like I I, I think it works well. I, I think everybody in that band's talented, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, of course. It's like they're they're awesome. Shout out to people doing bands that have kids. That's sick, and that's uh, involved involved in hardcore to have kids. Shout out. That's fucking sick. Yeah, you take care of your kids, and you fucking support them regardless of whatever's going on that's uh that's cool trying to think another cool label please your case great label lennon yes lennon i i was like uh for a while i was trying to get every band from uh, florida on the podcast because like i was just so so like into like and i still am shout out point of contact see the pain uh everything that's going on out there true form um like really really awesome stuff out in florida and like because for me i i always associated florida with me going to disney world or i would look back and think of bands like seven star or remembering never uh in due time stuff like that but then now there's like this whole new crop of bands popping up and um what they're doing down there with plead your case um and iou records and uh from within shout out um, my friends in burning strong so many awesome things going on out in florida it's just like like i I just wanted to put like as much spotlight on them as possible because yeah so many great things going on out there oh and shout out protocol and armor just yeah i I could go on forever about that state so sick yeah florida's killing it our uh the the first the person the first label that put out the mongoloid seven inch the first mongoloid seven inch was called av train Okay. And the guy AV uh, lives in Florida now. Wow. Is he um, active in the scene or is he just living in Florida? Who knows? He's he's active in like the shoe culture game. He's a complete weirdo, but good uh-huh. kid. Shout out AV. Snake. New little snake. But that's okay. Okay. Good um, guy. I just remembered um, you mentioned Bitter End earlier. Uh, you guys played a show in Riverside. It was at this venue called the Pharaoh's Den. It was uh, Mongoloids bitter and kids like us and i can't remember who else was on the bill but it was like a, i think it might have been like a sand fury like um it was like it happened like right after sand fury but i i thought it was like it was such a sick show it was what was uh the singer of red death what is his name chad 
I have no idea. Chad was a, a big, big, big time uh, Mongoloids fan. Okay. Before he was king of metal, mm-hmm. he uh, he probably wouldn't even acknowledge that he ever liked the Mongoloids, but <laughs> he was a big, big time fan. His name is Sign of the Grimes on the Bridge Nine board. Okay. I remember shouting him out at that show. Shout out, Chad. That's if wild. someone asks you about the Mongoloids, I hope you still acknowledge that you liked it. He probably doesn't, but that's okay. People seem to forget. That's weird to me because I... Um, because at the time uh mongoloids uh you know you, you guys were killing it and like I, I just never really um like outside of the drama just never really heard of anybody talking negative about the like the music because i felt like the the music was solid and um, you guys always killed it like I, I don't think i've ever seen like a dull mongoloid show so i don't know i maybe i hear only the bad that's probably what it is okay yeah because you know what's funny is uh, I I used to have um, like a Mongoloids ringtone. <laughs> I was like, and I liked the band. Uh, yeah, because like I, I would be like, all right, like what like what am I into right now that, that I want to have? It's like a ringtone. Cause, like I've had like a like a Taylor Swift ringtone, uh, just like a bunch bunch of other random stuff that I would just like you know make on my own because I would never pay for a ringtone. Uh, I'm I'm kind of cheap when it comes to that, but I, I just figure I was like, okay, if I can make my own, I like might as well just do it to the stuff that I'm into right now. So people are probably so bummed every time your phone rang, especially in a public place. Oh my god, dude. Dude. My disgusting voice coming up in a public place, oh, dude, that's probably so embarrassing. I feel bad for you. Uh, your your vocal style is like kind of unique. Like uh, I remember the first time I I heard the Mongoloids when you guys uh signed to ULG back in the day, and all my friends were like, what, like, why does he sound like that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, you know, that's just the way he does it. And I I remember like it was always easy to pick out like you know oh like somebody's listening to the Mongoloids because like your vocals definitely stuck out. I, did you plan it that way? Like, did you have any kind of inspiration for the way that you did your vocals? And still, even in World of Mize, you sound really similar. Literally, that's all I can do. <laughs> that's literally all I got. I, I, I remember, like, the first time we, because uh, the first time the Mongoloids, uh, the first time I sang was actually at a show. Mm-hmm. Mongoloids practiced a bunch. Um, and we, like, a friend hit us up. I'm like, hey, you want to come play, like, a song or two? I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, but I, I actually that's not true i sang one time at practice and the mic like broke or something and then we we're like all right we got offered the show we had one song and two in or we had one song a cover and two intros so we went to the show we jumped on our friend's equipment this is probably in august 2000 this is august 2005 because the last show was pretty much right next to the first show like nine years later mm-hmm. but uh we played march of the sod we played We Way Rise and Fall intro. We played like Breakdown Sick People and we played a song from the first seven inch that was called Source Snake or it's called Intro Snake, which was originally the guys in the band's old band, which was called Source Snake. So Mongoloids, before it was Mongoloids, it was called Source Snake and it was like everyone in the band besides me with a different singer. And then that like didn't work out. So we took that song which ended up being intro snake and then they're the beginning of alive and well which is another song from the first record mm-hmm. we uh we use that for that was originally a source snake i guess parts from a source snake song that's wild well which was also originally ripped off from a trial song okay so a lot of history there that uh not yeah. a lot of people probably knew about that but that's pretty interesting but I'm definitely into it. I alive and well, a great song. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was, 
funny, 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 but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it. at some point, um, you guys, uh, or the, the one person, uh, the one individual, um, you and them could work it out. Yeah, dude, uh, that'd be sick, but who knows? And, who knows? Time will show. And are, are there any, uh, roadblocks or is, is there like uh, something, um, stopping it or, um, is there anything you can do or is it just on the other person's hands? I think everyone, I think everyone's busy, honestly, if it, if it happens, it'll happen, but I think everyone's busy and like, it's not a priority to anybody at this point. So it's like, um, I'm here. If, uh, if it happened, I'd be, I'm for it, but we'll see. It's, uh, it's okay. If it's okay, if it doesn't happen either, maybe it was a time and place. Maybe we'll be one of those bands that we, if it did happen, we'd get up there and no one would give a shit. The room would be empty. That'd be so awkward, right? Uh, yeah, th- that would be really bad. Like I've, uh, I, I don't know. No, I, I feel like you guys announce it. Obviously, depending on where it is, I, I think that's like a big factor as well. But I, I feel like you guys were a big enough band at the time, and obviously, people can just go back and watch the videos. You guys had crazy sets. I, I think there, there's enough. There will be enough interest if it happens. Like, there's no way I can see you guys announcing you guys are playing a show. You guys get up there and then just everybody just kind of standing around, like not doing anything. There's there's no way. Maybe that could be a, that'd be a funny video, though. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll uh, ask Sonny to um, to film it. Exactly. And then I have to tell Sonny to take it down. You, you ever ask Sonny how many videos he has that he wasn't allowed to post besides the last Bane set? Um, I didn't want to ask him about the last Bane set, but he, he definitely told me some stuff off air that I found really interesting that um that I'm not able to share publicly. But we like I I uh, definitely asked him some stuff, some insider info. Yeah, Sonny's the man. I mean, and like it's cool that he's doing what he wants to do and like able to to live, you know, live happy and and follow a dream. I think that's so sick. So. Shout out Sonny. Shout out everyone that is able to follow a dream, no matter how stupid it is. I think it's cool when you're able to do something that you you love. So that's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Follow your heart and just be yourself and just yeah, do do what you think is right. And yeah, I, I yeah, I, I just love hardcore and I, I love people that are, are down for it and are uh, down to support it and are actually doing stuff for the scene, giving back and uh, not just showing up and, you know here for the wrong reasons yeah i think sometimes it shifts though because it's hard right it's almost like high school when you're around like when you're around the bad kids you end up being a bad kid right yeah you're around like maybe and this is i'm not necessarily saying like what i'm not even defining what a bad kid is but a mm-hmm. bad kid is, in my opinion is someone that's just like takes and takes and doesn't give back right because it's a community it's community based so it's like if you if all you do is take and you do nothing to give back and you know maybe maybe playing in a band is cool right and maybe that's what you do with all your time but i don't know i think it's above and beyond that doing a zine doing something that's like i don't know more than just a contribution of a band because once once you're in a band and it's getting big enough that band is typically paying for all your shit anyway right so if you know doing a band is you giving back but it's also you taking because you're you're paying your rent you're paying whatever else so then what else can you do what else are you going to do yeah, yeah. I, I feel like if you're in that position where you're in, in a bigger band, you should definitely be doing more than just that because I feel like uh, 
there's more like more options for you because you know if, if you're touring you can get out there more and I, I feel like it would just you know make sense to do more than just that yeah exactly yeah yeah definitely if you're in a full-time band too jesus yeah you're traveling the world and doing all these things but maybe that's a bad thing now maybe you're gonna get fucking corona corona um since yeah. uh you you've been around longer than me uh what do you think about when um, people uh, get canceled? Because uh, somebody uh, out here in uh, California like just recently got canceled, got uh, got kicked out of the band, and uh, I, I think it's really strange how that happens. I don't know. Um, depends on what you did, right? I don't. I don't, I don't know. It's like uh, I'm not. I try not to be much of an internet guy on that front, just because it's like. I probably would have been canceled 20 times by now if uh, if if 2005 was in 2020, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Because it, like, it's, it's hard, man. Yeah, it, it's something strange. And like, obviously, like for me, I I just be myself, obviously. Uh, and I like like to think that I'm not uh, super shitty or or shitty enough to, to get canceled because, uh, like yeah, like I'm I would hold on, I'm not trying to word this correctly. I yeah I don't think I've done anything to in the past or or anything I'm doing now to to get canceled. And I don't even think I'm anybody to get canceled anyway. So I, I just like when I see that stuff happens, I'm like damn, that's weird. That's wild. Well, it's like if you did so. All right, let's say you're you did something wrong. I okay. don't know what it would be, but you did something wrong, and someone was like, "All right, you know, get, you're not you're not welcome here." W- you know, would you would you confront the situation and potentially take a punch in the mouth or a kick in the face to to get rid of the situation? Like, you know, I guess it depends on how deep it is, obviously. But like mm-hmm. for me, that's the part I don't understand. Like, okay, you did something really really bad, whatever it is. Do you, do you take responsibility and say, yeah, but I love this so much. I'm not going to just disappear. I need to, I need, I want to face this. Like, let me come and face this and whatever you guys are going to do or whatever you girls are going to do to me, let's just get it done. Cause I want to still be here. That's how I always looked at it. It's like, okay, I did something really bad blank, but, but I love this so much. I can't let you guys take this from me. So I guess you're going to have to do whatever you seem right as my punishment so that I can still exist. Because if I just disappear, then what the fuck do I do? Cause this is what I've done since I was 13 years old. Like I love, I love this space. I love this community. And maybe I did whatever it is wrong. But for those people that kind of just like fade into the mist, it's kind of like, what the fuck you really just, and, and obviously it's case by case. Cause I don't know how severe something is or what it is. But mm-hmm. if, you know, if you did something that someone's upset about and, and you choose to kind of walk the other way instead of being like, yes, I did that. I was fucking stupid. Now let's figure it out. Yeah. Rather and, than doing that, you kind of just like disappear. Yeah. But you were the same person that was at every show. You're on every, you know, every social media post about hardcore, 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 hardcore. Then you get called out for this and you're poof gone. Like the fuck. Yeah. It's definitely strange, but w- there's been cases where people who get called out and they've uh, never left and, have shown that they've changed so i definitely think people do deserve a second chance um but yeah i, I just don't know it's, it's just so complicated because obviously like there's so many layers to to it and there's like uh, obviously it's different with every situation it's not always like the same it's not just like you know black and white there's always like you know all these different things that go along with it but um 
Yeah, oh, it's strange. It, yeah, it's always case by case, right? Yeah. Because you you know you're not involved directly, but yeah, I think it's it's just the, the spreading of how things spread now with with the internet and with with all these things, Snapchat and and whatever the hell else exists. It's like things spread so quickly and they go from zero to a hundred in, in like hours. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Like the, the, this guy, um, and I, I don't want to name his name, but people already know, um, or if you're from Southern California, you know about him, he got canceled, but like, I wasn't aware of it. Cause I was like, I think I might've been at work or like just like at Disneyland or something. And my buddy hit me up. He's like, yo, did you hear about so-and-so? I'm like, no, what happened? And like, I was like, you know, informed. I'm like, holy shit. Like that literally went under my radar. But at the same time, I'm not like, I'm not sitting on Twitter, like trying to like talk to everybody about hardcore all day. Like I'll, I'll you know, if you look at my Twitter, like I'll, I'll tweet every now and then I'm not super active on it, but it's just like, it, it, it's crazy. Like, yeah, how fast it, it came and went. I literally don't even have a Twitter, personal Twitter, just because of how crazy it is. I, I, uh, I call Bob Wilson when I need to know about tweets going on or shit that's being said. Okay. He's my, uh, he's my personal Twitter. He's, <laughs> that's a great source. I, uh, I, I like Bob. He's, uh, he's active in the scene and he definitely knows what's going on. So that, that that's only a, a great resource. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I just can't like, I can't, <laughs> it's just too much. I have, I have like a Twitter that I check for work stuff, but mm-hmm. like, I can't dive into that world of just craziness just cause it's not worth, it's not worth the stress that'll come with it. And, and I don't know, no one wants to hear my opinion anyway. So why the fuck am I going to have a Twitter? Well, I don't know. Um, yeah, like I, I don't have it because like, I, I think people want to hear my opinions. Like, like, okay. I, I literally signed up for Twitter in like 2008 and like I had a, you know, send a text message to post my Twitter. And this was like when you would post about like what you were actually doing. Like it was like, Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm at the movies. So it would be like, Jamie is at the movies or some, you know, like old school Twitter. But like now it's just like, it's like, like, you know, literally like I have Twitter mainly because like, that's where like I get all my news from. Cause it, it like, you know, like I said, like things move so fast. So like, I'll, I'll check Twitter. Like I, I'll, like I'll follow things that like I'm interested in. Like, you know, if like there's like a video game outlet, um, or like a sporting thing, like whatever, like that's where like, I literally get all my news. Like I'll check there first before like I'll, I go anywhere else. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I just, I, maybe I have like a bad perspective of it. I probably do. I, I just, it's too scary. Twitter's scary. I don't like it. Too much going on over there. I'm, I'm scared of it. I hide behind Bob Wilson. Let him tell me. That's awesome. Well, I didn't know that uh, Bob offered those services. So it, it, <laughs> he does. Yeah. If anybody needs to know what's going on, on Twitter and they don't want to do it themselves, just hit up Wilson. He's got you. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, he's the king of social media. That's awesome. I, I yeah. actually might sign him. Okay. Oh, dude. There it is. Uh, just manage Bob Wilson. I'm trying to bring the creator space into hardcore. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I feel like he would be a, a great um, first person to, to have on the roster. And I'm sure there's um, a bunch of other personalities that you could get. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We got Bob and, and Joe Hardcore for sure. They'd be two great ones. Joe Hardcore. I, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to having him on the podcast again, just because, uh, I, I I like when people are able to just like have a conversation and he'll go on rants for days. So I, I just will kind of like just kind of slowly try try to direct the conversation and just kind of let him just like, you know, speak his mind. And I just love listening to him talk. Yeah, he's great. He's a, he's a definite legend. Yeah. PA hardcore legend. Yeah. So, well, man, 
I, I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. And I, I'm, I'm not sure when I'm going to see you again. Maybe I'll see you in October. Uh, if we're all still here, if Corona hasn't taken over, if, if it's not world war Z by then. Dude. Yeah. How crazy, how crazy is South by Southwest is canceled. Dude. Um, so, uh, I frequent Coachella because uh, it happens like I'm like the next city over from where I grew up and like I, I still have friends who go. So I'll, I'll go every now and then. And there's talks about that getting canceled. And that's crazy to me because I've never been to South by Southwest. So I'm not really sure like the scope, like how big it is or whatever. But like knowing how big Coachella is, it, it's crazy to hear like stuff like that's getting canceled. The city of Austin is who, who canceled it. Think about that. That's, that's insanity. I've never been there. <laughs> It's big. It's like spread out, but I'm saying like the city got involved. It's like, oh, okay. Like, so it wasn't like the fest concern. It's like the city's concerned. Like, yo, like we don't want all these randoms in our cities. Like, stay away. Well, they said that they don't know if it necessarily will have any effect, but you know, to for to for comfort to people, they they think it's best to cancel it. It's insane. Like, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that is wild. Well. All right. Well, I hope, I, I hope it blows over because people are trying to tell me like, uh, like you know, it's it was just like the swine flu or SARS is like ill pass. And I'm just like, okay. I was like, I don't even remember that stuff. Like, I I do remember like when it was around, but I don't remember how long like SARS like was a big deal for. I don't know. Maybe because I was younger. Well, it's hard to say though because you know like the, the 2020 is so different from the, the when that like the internet the internet age is very different. Like mm-hmm. things are moving at such a rapid speed. It's like something happens and then it's zero to a hundred. So it's, it's kind of why I kind of just put my head down to the media. Just, I don't want to hear about this constantly, constantly, constantly. And then I'm stressed out myself. And then I'm like focusing on this other stuff. It's, it's like, I need to, I need to fly to New Jersey this week. I need to do my taxes and I need to go play a couple shows. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and hopefully it doesn't take my life, but in the name of hardcore, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Those, those kids are looking forward to that world of my set. Dude, I have to deliver. I can't, I can't fall short, man. I gotta get, gotta get the tax man his money, and I gotta show up. This is what it is. I gotta go check things out. I gotta see what packages have arrived to my house while I've been away. There's probably some cool shit waiting for me. You still have a house in New Jersey? Yeah. Wow, that, that's awesome. So, you you have a, a spot in California, and that's cool. Yeah, I got to, uh, yeah, right now, right now I do. I don't know what will happen with it, but yeah, there's, there's still, there's still something standing in New Jersey. So, and do you have like somebody like house sitting for you? Cause like, uh, like, I don't know if you ever worried about like, you know, people coming on your porch and taking your packages. Cause you've seen those like horror videos on, on YouTube. We, we live in like a really quiet neighborhood and my mom lives really close and she's been going by and the neighbors check it. Like I, I personally love where I live in New Jersey. I wish yeah. I could be there right now. I'm I'm not I'm not where I'm at is strictly professionally. Like it's not like I came here like finally moving to LA, Southern California. This is the dream. It's not like that at all. Uh-huh. I can give a shit less about it. For sure. I love New Jersey. I'm I'm fucking New Jersey ride or die. But professionally this is just where I'm at and if I could if I'm not here I'm doing an injustice to myself for all of the work, you know, that I put in over all these years to get where I am. I'm kind of selling myself short if I don't at least try for a little bit of time, whether it's, you know, a couple of years or whatever. For sure. That I, I respect that you, you know, trying to focus and you know, doing what you have to do to make things work. 
Yeah, and I, but I love I love the suburbs. I love where I'm from in New Jersey. I love the fucking Menlo Park Mall, Freehold Mall. Shout out to Barnes Freehold. Shout out Woodbridge Mall. I mean, that's like my shit. I love a good mall. If you don't like going to the mall, I don't know what kind of person you are. The mall is the fucking best place on earth. Regardless of Corona or anything else going on, I will be at the mall every fucking day if I could. That's interesting. Um, are the, the the malls back home because out here, I, I I noticed in some malls, like in Orange County, there's like there's probably like I would say like two two malls that are like pretty solid, but like you you step into like the one a park mall and there's like you know just like six or seven like vacant like you know like spots for stores to be in and it's just kind of like like a grim, uh like you know setting. Are, are malls like that back in New Jersey or is it like pretty lively? No, it's pretty lively. I mean, where where I'm at in LA though, I feel like was it Topanga Canyon, which is in Woodland Hills. That mall is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is over here? There's one in West Hollywood that's really nice. Uh, I don't remember what it's called though. I think it's like Westfield something, Westfield Fashion Square or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, see, malls are the best. And why are you such a big fan of malls? Is it because you just like having everything in kind of just like one building like you know the, i i like when i go to malls my favorite part is like going to the food court i'm always interested in, in what food options are available oh we got a food court we got a pretzel stand we got usually a candy cart we got ice cream froyo come on you can go buy yourself a pair of new pants you can maybe go to some of them have comic book stores this is like the mall is the place it's the it's, you can do everything in one spot if you're lonely you can make a friend at the mall <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, normal these days. People get so weirded out um, with like like uh, uh, with like real interaction with like people they don't know. Like it's like so strange. Like a simple hello is like, oh, what a weirdo! Why is he talking to me? I actually, you know, what's funny is I saw. Well, I, I was at Disney whenever a couple of two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. there was a guy. There was like I saw a couple kids that were wearing like, you know, hardcore memorabilia stuff, and. Uh, they were like, and that that day, that given day, so I saw a couple different kids that day I was there, and I was wearing like an agnostic front shirt or something, like, you know, and and those kids literally looked at me and like walked further away, like I was gonna say what's up to them, and in my head I'm like, fucking losers, like I'm sure, like no, I'm not gonna fucking dab you up for your shirt, but Jesus Christ, yeah. I've had mixed interactions because, like, I, I love that. Like, when I'm in Disney and I see, like, hardcore kids, I, I want to know, like, uh, especially if they're, if they're, like, people that I don't recognize because I don't, like, obviously, like, I don't know everybody. So, like, if I don't recognize the the person, I'm like, oh, like, where are you from? And, like, I'm always curious. But, like, yeah, there's really been times, like, uh, like people will just, like, hear me, like, yelling the band name or whatever shirt they're wearing and they'll just, like, walk faster. And it's like, oh, that's embarrassing. Like, I feel like an idiot trying to, you know, uh, see what's up with, uh, like, you know, my fellow hardcore friend or not friend fellow hardcore kid you know it's more like you're both interested in hardcore and you're both at disney so that's like okay that's like a different sort of allegiance you know and then they just kind of like i don't know but then in the same breath it's like disney right now is so popular like i feel like disney right now is more popular than it ever was my entire life because it's there's no like slow days at the park anymore (laughs) anytime i go to disney any time of the year it's always just slam packed and like I don't know. I liked it better when it was a little bit more like different. Yeah, I, I definitely look forward to like the slower seasons, but yeah, those just like are non-existent. Even like uh, the last time it rained really hard, I was like, hell yeah, it's going to be a slow day at the park. 
nope i showed up and it was still busy i'm like these people literally don't care anymore like everybody just wants to be in disneyland rain or shine i mean with with due reason but it's like it is kind of crazy how different it is i remember looking at the app and like planning trips around okay well what's or not the app i'm like you know you google busy like the slow and busy season or whatever Mm -hmm. this is years ago probably a decade ago over a decade ago but yeah. you can't do that anymore. You just Great. gotta, you just gotta uh, assume that it's busy and just hope for the best. Literally, that's 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 what it is. Yeah, but like, I feel bad for the families. Like, like who, like that's like their their annual trip. They saved up all year and like they traveled out for that, and then they have to deal with like how busy it is. I'm just like, damn, that's that's rough. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard because then they, even that in that aspect, it's like. I don't know. If you want to be somewhere, that's where you are. You figure it out. Yeah, because like I feel like majority of people do. Uh, like every uh, St. Patrick's Day, and this is like some random thing. Like me and my buddy Garrett came up with, uh, like every St. Patrick's Day, or like the the, the weekend before St. Patrick's, just depending on what day it falls on. Either the weekend before or after, we do this thing called like All Attractions Day, and like we literally have to hustle, and like we do everything in Disneyland, um, and it's it's really hard. Cause like we, we get to like ride a rope drop. We have like our, our max passes that we have to like, you know, strategically book stuff. And like, um, it, it's a struggle to just get on everything. So like, yeah, when I think about the fans who come and like, you know, they're not trying to get on everything, but they want to try to get on like, like, you know, their favorite stuff. But sometimes it's not even possible because it's just so busy and so long. And then obviously like yeah. if it's a family, they have, they have kids and not everybody like wants to do the same stuff. And it's just like, you know, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Strictly the hits. Right, they're trying to just get on strictly the hits, but the lines are so fucking long sometimes. It's like, dude, that's that Seven Dwarves ride in Disney World is literally 120 minutes any time of the day. There's no, there's no lesser wait. Yeah, it's it's insane. And like for me, like I I look at that ride and I, I enjoy like the the queues nice, the the ride's fun, but it's not like super intense. So like I, I, it like puzzles me. I'm like, why why is this line so crazy all the time? Cause new, I, I want to go on that. Uh, the new, I missed it by one day. Literally, I was there till Tuesday. It opened Wednesday. The uh, the Mickey Mouse. Oh, uh, the train ride or whatever. Yeah, the the one in um Hollywood Studios. Yeah, it ju- just opened on the fourth, and I left the third. That's wild. Yeah, should have stayed. Yeah, we're getting that in our Toontown, but I'm not even sure. I think it's like next year it opens. Is uh in Disneyland? Is there? Was it Rise of the Resistance? Yes, we, we we have that in Galaxy's Edge. Did you go on it? I've been on it once. Yeah, like it, it was so it was so hectic just to get a boarding pass because me and my buddies had to get there like super early and um, luckily like we, we went on Super Bowl Sunday and we thought it was going to be slow but it wasn't slow and like we managed to to getting board uh, a boarding pass. Uh, it was awesome. What time did you have to go there at seven AM to get the boarding pass? Yeah, like we were like we showed up at like dude, we got there at like seriously like five thirty just to park and be able to get in the line to get in the park on time. And um yeah, the, the like the thing on the app opened at like eight AM and like uh we had like it was like me and my buddy Ben, um, we were both on our phones trying to get it and um I didn't get it, but Ben got it for us. So it it, it worked out. It, it was pretty crazy like the whole like process just to get a boarding pass to get on to maybe get on this right because I'm um, if you get a higher number, it's not guaranteed that you're getting on. It's just like if they're able to uh, accommodate. So they open the gate at eight, or they because in Disney in Disney World at Hollywood Studios they open the gate at seven now or seven thirty, mm-hmm. and people can go in 
and then you have to wait by your app for eight. And then the key, and just yeah, it's uh, I'm not gonna tell you the key. It's top secret. I'll tell you when we're off the off the podcast. Cause I okay. know too many people out there are fake Disney heads. Okay, yeah. I'll keep it real with you, but but we can't tell anybody else. Top secret, but okay. well, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. There's a way to do it. Okay, that that's interesting. There's a way to do it. That's uh, that in Disney World that you can pretty likely get it. Like it's basically ninety nine percent. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm out here. It's, it's the same process. Like they. Um. Like you. Can, um. The gates open at seven, but um. Uh. Obviously, people line up because they want to get in before eight and try to get a good spot where like the connection, like on their yep. cell phones, clear. So um. Yeah. Yep. Gates open at seven, and then um. Yeah. The app doesn't uh, open up till eight. Crazy. Yeah. It, it, Crazy. It's, it, it's strange. I'm, I'm. I'm curious. Like how long they're gonna do it that way. Um. Just because. Uh, they have like a whole queue built out and I, I, I don't see it going to just being a, a normal thing where you can just like walk up and get in line just because it's so popular. It's, I mean, it's an insane, I mean like it's an insane ride, literally crazy. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's yeah, well worth I've the hassle. Anything like before. Have you ever been to, um, this is similar, right? There's a lot of like staging and stuff that you like walk through and you go on and you're walking through more stuff and you're on another ride. I'm assuming it's the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, same exact, same exact ride. It's crazy. Have you have you ever been to um, uh, Universal Studios in Orlando? Not not in a couple of years. Okay, because they have a new ride. It's a it's like a Harry Potter ride. It's like a it's called like the Hagrid coaster. It's like based off like some guy. I don't know anything about Harry Potter, but it's like some guy with a big beard, and you get in like a motorcycle, and like that's like your like cart for the ride, and it's uh, pretty intense like like for it being like a roller coaster at universal just like the the effects and the things that you go through it, it like it's probably like close second to rise of the resistance it's it's pretty insane interesting okay yeah i got to i got to go back there i heard they were making a mario brothers land in uh in universal is that a real thing or no yes so um in Orlando, they're actually like um, building it, like you know, from the ground up, like on like a whole new like piece of land, um, versus like out here in oh, wow. um, like L.A., like they had to tear down like some existing like uh, warehouses to to make room for it. So th- the word is, um, the one in Orlando is going to be way better than what we have in um, L.A. When's that supposed to open? I think next summer, or like twenty twenty one, if I remember correctly. And yeah, I definitely check that out. That's sick. Yeah, and like um, it's so it's like it's called like Nintendo Land, but the main focus in the beginning is going to be um Mario stuff, and then um the plan is to eventually break out and like tap into like Zelda and like other stuff like uh, I think like Animal Crossing, just like all like the popular stuff that's like on like the Switch and stuff. Current, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's actually like exciting. I love that stuff. Yeah, same here because I'm a huge fan of video games. So to be able to go and like experience it like at like a theme park on like that level, it's just like I'm um, super insane. You got a Switch or what do you play? Uh, yeah, so I I mainly uh, game on my PC. I have like a like I built like my own PC, but then I just recently bought a Switch because um, I'm like a huge fan of like Super Smash Brothers. I'm playing Pokemon right now. Yeah, I have a Switch too. I like I like it. I like like Mario Kart and stuff like that. But you know, Super Smash. 
Yeah, it, it's a great uh, like from going from like cause I never owned a Wii U, uh, but just like it not getting like any real support. But then like seeing how like awesome like the Switch has been and like just the games that have come out for it. It's it's like super, super awesome. And it's really convenient, too, because like for me, I, I don't even dock my Switch. I, I literally play it in like handheld mode like 100 percent of the time. I, ha- I have one of the newer ones that you can't even dock it. It's like the uh, oh, like the, the Game Boy. Yeah, the, whatever the, it's called. the Switch Lite. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got one of those a couple months ago, and that's what I've been using. I have one of the ones you could dock as well, but it's, it's uh, back in New Jersey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, traveling with the, the light is cool because it's it's like a little smaller and it's like more compact. I I, I like the the design. They, they have some cool um, some cool colorways. They they came out with like a gray one, which I thought was like pretty sick. But yeah, the light gray. I think it's, yeah, that's what I have. Oh, okay. Light gray. Yeah, yeah, that's a sick colorway. games are cool do you play anything else besides your switch do you have like a playstation or an xbox i don't yeah i never really got it like i don't know i just don't really have like the focus for deep like when i was younger i would play like like final fantasy and more like rpg based games but now with like how quick everything is in my life presently i feel like you know playing games that i can pick up and put down frequently is is more enjoyable like if i tried to sit down and play final fantasy 7 again i'd probably have like a panic attack yo uh, i don't know if you've seen that uh, final fantasy 7 remake that's coming out next month uh it's i like, didn't that's hilarious though yeah yeah so um what they're doing is like it's like a um like they're doing him like uh like in episodes so uh the one that's coming out in april like there's a demo on like the ps4 right now you can check it out um it's like basically like just like the first portion of you in like midgar like i don't even remember the game like you know you dealing with uh the the bomb sequence and them breaking out um it, it's pretty crazy like, like if you were to look up the trailer for final fantasy 7 remake your mind would be blown just seeing like how detailed and how crazy the game looks now and thinking back about playing like the original final fantasy 7 on playstation it's such a crazy up like upgrade it's wild Wow, that's really, yeah, I would love to check that out or at least look at highlight. I don't know, it's just so hard for me to like sit down and like focus to that to that uh, degree. Even with like shows, uh-huh. I, I, to be completely honest with you, I haven't even watched Mandalorian yet. I've watched the first episode and like, wow. I don't know, my, my life moves in a, a really weird speed right now and I'm... Uh, yeah, I need to watch it. No, no, I, I, I definitely get that. Like, I, I get like, I feel like obsessive like when I do that stuff because I'll because like yeah like trying to manage my time and like doing the podcast working and whatever I'm like shit like the show's out like okay like I don't want to do anything and like I'll just like not like play my games I won't read my comic books I'll have to like focus on just watching the show until like it's like I can finish it and then I'll like you know go back to everything else because like yeah it's like I feel like I wish I didn't have to sleep. Like I, I, I do this thing where I think about like, man, if I didn't have to sleep, I could do so much more. And obviously, that's like normal. Like, yeah, if you didn't have to sleep, you could do more. But like, I, I feel like I would, I wouldn't be lazy about it. Like, I would actually like, like be able to tackle more stuff. Of course, yeah. That's like that's the thing is just like figuring out like a time to sit down and be able to watch through it and like actually enjoy it without your phone going off or whatever else is happening. It's like even Stranger Things. I mean, I like that show, but I watched the first season and that was it. Never watched two or three. Dang, they have a trailer for four. Four is coming out. Yep. Okay. Never have, yeah, I'm like so behind on some of these things. And it's like, I, um, Dang. yeah. Well, at this rate, you're about to yeah. be able to watch Mandalorian season one and two back to back. Yeah, because the next one comes out in 
the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think like fall, like like October, November time frame. Oh, that soon? Shit, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, because like I, I know uh like even like right after season one aired, like they were already like in the process of shooting number two. Because I'm I'm a fan of uh that new character Kara Dune because she used to be like a mixed martial arts fighter. And she was on this like podcast that, that I listened to and, and she talked about um, like her role in season two. And she kind of like um, uh, like talked about how they're already like filming for that. And I was like, oh, that, that's wild that they had already like gotten that far ahead. Yeah, I've been trying to plant the seed in my daughter's ear about Star Wars and like getting her to like ask about it. So mm-hmm. hopefully soon I'll watch uh, A New Hope with her and start uh, start educating her. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, just like kind of like guide her like. Hey, here's this cool thing that's like tied to like what like you already love because like she's always at Disney, you know. And she and she's into so many dope movies right now that like I'm so happy that she's like you know Peter Pan, Pinocchio, um, she Rapunzel. I never saw that one, and she that's actually a really cool movie. Like I, I that's yeah, it's great. More recent, I think. I don't know. Yeah, like Brave. I never saw that one. She showed it to me. Frog Princess. Never saw that one. She showed it to mm-hmm. me. So she's like getting into some of the older ones which is great aladdin lion king oh awesome were, classic you know, coming out as i was a kid so yeah. it's like some yeah. of the old ones some of the new ones so obviously toy stories she loves all four of those yeah but me and I my buddy i'm just watching stuff like that me and my buddy garrett we just went and saw that new um disney movie onward on thursday oh you know we live right near a movie theater and we've been talking about going to see that how is it for uh from your perspective dude great like i i went into it i was like okay this is cool like i'm not sure like how i'm gonna enjoy watching like weird like you know troll looking people for like you know an hour and a half or however long the movie is but uh like they they killed it just like so many like awesome like characters in that movie and then uh, you know, you try not to get emotional, but they always are able to pull on like, you know, those heartstrings and like, yeah, it was, it was a great movie. Like, I, I would definitely recommend you go watching it, especially like being a Disney fan or even if you're slightly interested in seeing the movie, I would highly recommend it. Great, great movie. Yeah, you see that they're starting to delay movies and stuff now. Like they pushed a couple movies to, to be released later because of all this pandemic oh yeah going back to corona yeah i i, I know that there was um uh, a concern with like mulan because like mulan's set to like release at the end of the month and like you know it being like you know in china like they're like concerned about like you know how it was going to do and like i know there's talks of like maybe pushing it back or like who knows what just because like we don't really know what's going to happen with this whole thing but i have seen some reports on china that, is so. like 50 percent of sales china is like a high high percentage of uh of movie tickets and that's yeah, and that's the thing to think about too, like just like how big the market is out there, and for it to just like, you know not really be there for you like in this like time, it's it's, it's really crazy. Yeah, because mo- you know movies can't like yeah, it's crazy. It really is crazy. That's like the, so many like I said, I'm, especially with like because right now a lot of like places are are not like there's like a, a major agency that put out an email like, two days ago that they're basically you can't host meetings in office right now and you can't shake hands in office right now a major agent a flagship agency that represent massive actors massive everything like they uh how insane is that you can't shake a person's hand and you can't have any outside meetings in office yeah that's it, it's crazy because like that's just like how serious this thing's gotten is that it's like affecting like you know first it was just like oh like you know the people in china whatever but then no it's like it's effect it's worldwide now like if you're seeing those kinds of emails and like uh yeah in my corporate job like we got like you know we're getting tips on how to you know try to stay healthy and stuff and just like and they're telling us what like what do you do for a living uh i'm 
Uh, can we talk about it off air? <laughs> Top secret art. <laughs> it's, it's not super secret, but I just like I, I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about it off air. It, it's nothing crazy. This is a corporate job, whatever. So uh, yeah, I okay, I'll, I'll I'll say it's it's a sales. I'm in sales, like whatever. I'll I'll okay. sell you stuff. Fair enough. Okay, um, but yeah, so like we're getting emails, like you know, and they're telling us, and this is weird too, because like obviously, um, it's like you know whatever big corporation, like, uh, like we have sick days, but they're like, hey, if you're sick, stay home, don't come to work. You know, it's it, it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it's been like across the board. I think in in every in every aspect, like any office or or like the thing where you have to be in around other people, it's it's it really is crazy. The agency thing really blew my mind though. Seeing that and hearing that, like you know, an agency that's what they do. They network and like you bring in clients and you represent those clients and you have to kind of be on the next. You know, there's always new talent that exists right in the world, mm-hmm. whether it's a viral video or something. Like, look at that, you know, there's, there's always something, right? A viral video, she, you know, the girl becomes the next top rapper. She's selling thousands of tickets across the world. It's, yeah. it's, it's insanity. But That's if you a- can't be there to kind of meet with those people and, and have those meetings early on, you lose it. Because everyone, it's like a shark tank. If there's one piece of food that gets dropped into the shark tank, not everyone's eating yeah that's that's definitely true because like you kind of want to just definitely build those relationships early on and just try to stay ahead of the game because you don't want to wait till somebody goes wild to try to hit them up and be like hey like come be with us because you know it's like you're already late to the or party something's moving yeah you have to like, catch it early on or you have to find you know find a speed or find a pace and yeah it's crazy it really is crazy um, the game yeah the game yeah. is real well, it seems like we can't get away from uh, Corona in this conversation. I feel like it's yeah, it's like a part of everything that we've like brought up. I mean, I mean, for me, it was a crazy week just because I I came back from Florida and mm-hmm. every day more and more and more and more and more here in Disney Japan closed and all this shit. I'm like, holy crap! And I'm yeah, it's crazy. It's very current. It's a very current thing. Yeah, it's an, yeah, and who knows how it's going to go it's it's just like a trip to, to to think about yeah no that's true only true well uh we've definitely uh broke the record for longest uh podcast that i've ever done on this platform hell yeah and yeah definitely great i've i feel like we could go on forever because we share so so many similar interests but um I feel like we should probably end it right here. Yeah, we could do a round two, dude. Um, I'm yeah, so we'll do down. Do round two later on. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely down. I. I I'd love because I, I feel like when I have somebody on uh, for the first time, it's like a introductory podcast for like um you know getting to know the person. But then when I have them back on, it's like all right, that stuff's already you know it's been there. People know about it. Cool. Like let's like you know talk about newer stuff current stuff and it's it's definitely cool i i, I love having people back on because it's just you, you get to see more about that person and it's just like cool conversations all the time i want to do uh i want to do one with somebody else on it you said you did one with joe and bob right well no no, no. I, I i i did them separate but i i have done podcasts with multiple multiple people can we do one me you and bob I would love that <laughs> if you text Bob and uh, cause I know he's your uh, social media guy and I, I, I have Bob's number as well. He's 
pretty good about getting back to me when it comes to text. If he's down to do it, I'm down to to do that. I, I feel like that would be fun. I, I would love to hear you guys uh, go back and forth. All right, perfect. Yeah, that's it. Let's let's put that on the slate for uh, for spring 2020. All right, spring 2020. We'll we'll have you back and we'll bring Bob on. It'll it'll be a great conversation. Perfect. Done. Sold. All right. Well, seriously, thank you again. This has definitely been like uh, one of my more favorite podcasts. This has uh, definitely been an awesome time uh, talking to you and getting to know you. So thank you again. It definitely means a lot. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. And thank you guys again for listening. This has been another episode of the Jamie K podcast. Always on top.